Hello again, and welcome to the Mana Pool. Uh, we are back after a brief two-week holiday hiatus. Holiday hiatus? Can I call it that? Yeah. 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 We all knew we were taking Christmas off because it's Christmas. And then the next week, we all just sort of took off. I don't think we discussed it ahead of time. <laughs> just think well, we, we were all we, done. We, we said we might take it off. Oh, okay. I was like, well, I haven't sent the email yet. Eh, somebody will. And then on Thursday, I was like, I guess we're not recording this week. Cool. <laughs> so, well. So, yes, yeah, we're back. What? Somebody has a lot of static behind them. I get the feeling it's Dirk. Is it me? Oh. I guess I can hear it, too. Yeah, do you hear static, Dirk? I just came back on. I hear static, but, like, I'm now sure I don't. No, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't. Okay, good. So, there you go, listeners. We know what we're doing. Six years, baby. Six years. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, right, we're back. We're still brought to you as always by Cardshark.com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games. And we're still at it. I'm still Chewy. I'm still the lead dork here, trying desperately to maintain control and failing miserably. Until and- we overthrow him. <laughs> you had plenty of He's really failing miserably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and still with me as always are still some dorks. Dorks, still sounding off. This is still Brian. Uh, I, I feel like this gag has probably already reached its limit. Oh, yeah, um, it's way bad. Okay, so I'm still here, and I'm still the lead rambler, and I'm still <laughs> going to talk a lot, um, whether you like it or not, especially if you like it, and especially if you don't, right? <laughs> really especially. Um, I'm still Mike, still the rules guy, still the game war guy. And um, I'm still hearing static again. I don't that's know real. It's still getting worse. From. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's still very confusing. Um, it's definitely dark. I saw his little screen light up. Okay. Well, hopefully <sighs> Dirk can still introduce himself. Hopefully. Still. And I'm, I guess, probably still Dirk. Self-proclaimed greenest man alive and maybe the moral compass of the group and maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I, I really today has just been a really just ugh, day. He's even questioning his own identity now. That's bad. I really am. That's just how bad today. I guess just I'm been. Dirk. I guess I'll be Dirk today. I really don't know. I wanted to be Dirk today. <laughs> I will be more than willing to trade places with you on that. I one. today I would have rather put up with your high school students than some of my clients, one in particular, and that's all I'm going to say on the matter. <clears throat> We all were complaining about our day. We we hired a new guy, and I really want him dead. All right. It's <laughs> <laughs> like some sort of record for you. All right, Mike, what's your bad news? <clears throat> um, I had to start the same meeting like three different times during the course of the day and give up after 20 minutes because all the people who needed to attend couldn't attend. Um, <laughs> Did it feel like woo-hoo! recording sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. All right. So we all have had pretty crappy days. Actually, my week has been pretty miserable. So I had a, person. you know why? I had a good weekend. I had a really oh. good weekend, and there's my problem. See, you were <laughs> asking for it. Yeah, I totally was. <laughs> oh well. So this is going to be a short one. So let's go ahead yeah. and get to it. Uh, first, there's a lot up. of news, and then we will uh, do a, um, I guess, a, a wrap up of old versus new Ravnica. So. Uh, the first news was announced. When was this? Was this on Christmas? It was Christmas Day. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way I gave you guys the link, but I didn't freaking click on it myself. What the hell? 
I think Mike should talk about this card because it's a Mike card. <laughs> they literally, oh. literally made it for Mike. Yeah, they called him up. They're like, dude, what do you think? <laughs> and I was like, dude. <laughs> um, because they were calling me about Kiora, the crashing wave. Um, for two, a green and a blue, she's a mythic rare planeswalker. She's Kiora, of course. And she starts with two loyalty. And on the phone, I was like, dude, but then they explained it to me, and I was like, well, that's okay. Um, <laughs> she has three abilities. Her first ability is plus one. Until your next turn, prevent all damage that would be dealt to and dealt by target permanent and opponent controls. That's useful. You know, a planeswalker who can protect themselves actually, you know, helps. Is better than one who can't. Um, no, that Shivan Gorge can't hurt me this turn. Ha, ha, ha. Hey, sometimes, sometimes one is all you need. Um, hey, Mike, <laughs> your fog bank. <laughs> <sighs> Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. But anyway, her second ability is minus one. Draw a card. You may play an additional land this turn. That's really cool. That's nice. really nice. Cool. Isn't that, and, uh, explore? Yeah. It is explore, and she can do it. Twice before she dies. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Um, and then her, her final ability, her limit break, is minus five. You know, she only starts at two. So minus five. You get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, put a nine-nine blue Kraken creature token onto the battlefield. I've always heard it pronounced Kraken. <laughs> that would be wrong. Yeah, it totally would. Did Brian just tell me that? Wow. Yes. <laughs> nice. That's how bad it is. So just just Krakens all day and Krakens all night. Yeah, that's that's Krakens really cool. Krakens really cool. Yeah, I gotta say. So why? So Mike, why do you uh, think I said it was for you? Because you want me to put it in my Mazes End deck, and I think I definitely will. Like Ralph Derek, he's pretty interesting, but he's really mostly a placeholder, even though he is interesting. So if I can get Kiora into here, that'd be awesome. That'd be banging, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think, like two copies? Yeah, at least two. And maybe then three? Maybe three. And I might also do something with the count of um, uh, Urban Evolution and Unexpected Results to try to get a couple cheap fog effects. I think I definitely should play. So for anyone that did not play Duel's... 2011? Hmm, yeah. No, 12, 12. Oh, well, maybe. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it was yeah. 11. It was, the, it was the second one she was in. Yeah, which was 12. Was really the second one? Wow. Yeah, cause now, cause then it was 13 and now we're at 14. So yeah, she oh. was in, she was in, uh, Duels of the Planeswalkers 2012. She was one of the characters in a, not a deck pack, in a, uh, the expansion, I guess. Cause that's where Rel Zarek showed up too, right? Was she in the expansion? I thought she was in the base no, game. No, she was main because she was the oh, big she was. smash deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Ralzeric was in the expansion though, right? Right. Yes. Okay. So yeah, she was Kiora Atua and she had the crazy uh, green blue ramp, 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 big scary thing, big scary thing, big scary thing, kill you. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. I know Mike and I both love that deck. It's super great. Yeah. So she finally gets her own card. And it uses the same art from the only art we've ever seen of Kiora, actually, mm-hmm. by Scott M. Fisher, and it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it is freaking sweet. Sweet. Like her, her prevent all damage dealt to and dealt by one opponent or one one permanent is gonna be 
probably better than it sounds on first bl- at first blush. Yeah, I mean, of course you're going to run into situations where you're like, well, damn. But you're going to run into a whole lot more than you would expect where it's really, really good. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure, you're playing against... Like, if you play her in, in standard, playing against the white weenie deck is... Oh, well, She's you're screwed. run over. Yeah, but playing it against, like, uh... Oh... Well, here, the... the Brian's, Brian's always a great one, so Brian's Underworld uh, Dreams deck. Like, ah, he had... Ah, yeah. Wait, that was World Dream still dead? It does! Yes. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. Yeah. And it would save everyone. That just shut you down, son. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I'm sad, Panda. Oh, now you gotta put some dread boars in there or something. <laughs> no way, what's the one that, the mono black one that kills planeswalkers? Uh, he goes down. Yeah, there we go. Just throw some of those in there, you'll be fine. But yeah. That's actually pretty good advice for any black deck. <laughs> Add heroes downfall. It kinda yeah. is, yeah. <laughs> But anyway. I think I think she's pretty cool. The only thing I was a little disappointed about was the starting loyalty, and I'll I'll say that I started reading the card literally from the top down, which I you know is the way you usually read it. But I didn't skip ahead or anything. And when I got to that last ability, I was like, wait, minus five? Oh no! And I looked down. I'm like, yep, two. <sighs> That's probably where it needs to be. I'm not saying, you know, oh she's terrible or anything. I'm just saying she's. A little frail. I think the uh, to be able to pay four and draw three cards and play three additional lands, just bam, 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 that's probably a little too good. Yeah, probably. Doing it I, twice is about right for four mana. I think she's costed appropriately. I just think it's unfortunate that she has to have two loyalty. Yeah. But that's okay. That's I, okay. You really don't want... Planeswalkers are already... We have found out, because they're not really a new thing anymore, they're inherently good. It turns out, getting free effects every turn, even if they're not all that great, it just adds up. Um, Explore is a pretty good ability to have. And even that first one, even when it's not just used to keep her alive, it may completely shut them down. Desecration Demon looks pretty sad. Yeah. Blood Baron of, of Viscopa doesn't have protection from Kiora. Yeah, that's what um, I was just about to say, is you can actually use it to stop a, a Blood Baron. And then if you ever get, you know, most of the time we don't talk about getting two limit breaks just because they're limit breaks. But if you get to this one, I mean, it will help you win. And I know that sounds silly, but there are some planeswalkers where even their limit break is nifty and neat, but it doesn't automatically mean you win. This pretty might as well say, in two or three turns, you win. Because mm-hmm. Krakens. Yeah. Nine-nine like, Krakens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you you have to work at it a little bit, but like Brian said, eventually you're going to win. It's, you know, kind of like Koth's limit break or something like that. Right. That's a good, that's a good example. It's not like... Uh, you you might win the game with um, who who's the Murfo the the Moonfolk um, Planeswalker? Tamio. <laughs> yeah, you might you might win the game with her with her um, ultimate, but you have to also then win the game. It, this does that for you if you follow what I'm saying. And yes. now I'm just dragging things out, so just not. Yeah, smile. I mean, getting here here's a big nine nine dude at the end of each of your turns. Yeah, you don't have to work anymore. But what but do I use them with, for? With Tamio, you had to have something to do with her limit break. Exactly. Yeah, that, you, had that's to, you had to. You had to plan for that. You had to you do something around it. Whereas this is like, here's a giant thing. Oh, thank you. 
All you need to do is attack with them. I Just promise. Trust us on this. Turn these sideways. You might win. You got if, a higher if, probability than not. If you're in a situation where you're getting a free 9-9 every turn and you're still unable to win, then it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, you were beyond saving. Sorry, Jim. I couldn't do anything for him. I'm not a doctor. I'm a surgeon. Damn it, Jim. I'm a... Kraken summoner, not a miracle worker. No? Okay, I'm sorry. Anyway. That was kind of what I was going for. So. Yeah. What episode was that? <laughs> it was in one of the movies. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, love I don't know like... why so many people dislike oh, Into Darkness. Who'd we just lose? What? I'm still here. Oh, we just lost oh Dirk. Oh, no, <laughs> but he's the Simic guy. He hasn't said much. He might not have been here. That might be why. <laughs> Huh. Oh, well, we will press on and hope that Dirk rejoins us. Oh, speaking of deck packs, uh, the deck pack three for uh, Magic 2014, Duels of the Planeswalkers, see what they did there? They switched the name up, uh, is now available. By the time you're hearing this, it's available all over the world. Uh, yeah, and I'm actually, I don't play this game, so what's what's in it? What's going on here? Uh, one of them is a, is a red-white... Um creature artifacty deck. It has Jorkadeen in it uh, and a bunch of Metalcraft stuff. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And then the other one, I have already forgotten what it is. It is Hunting Season. It's Mono Green. Ah. I don't get it. Drudge Beetle. Okay, that's Scavenge. Penumbra Spider. That's cool. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of tokens and plus and plus one counters. Scavenge. Undying. Primordial Hydra, okay. More scavenge. Lots of saps. Oh, look, a Verdant mm-hmm. Force. More plus one, plus one counters. More undying. Holy crap, this is a Cory deck. <laughs> Where you empty your entire dice bag and go, okay, here's my creatures. Bestial <laughs> <laughs> Menace, Death Presence, Doubling Season, Earth Brawn. That has, uh, Reinforce. Quest of the Gem Blades Thrive. Wow, this is all about token creatures and plus one, plus one counters. Good lord, you have to make this on paper, or you'd have to buy an entire one of those little green, uh, D6s. What are they? A cube of, uh, a cube of, what do you call that? It's a little pack of a million dice. I don't know what to call that. I don't know what to call that either, but you know, the little I, clear plastic. I call it, I call it a thing of dice. Yeah, a little plastic, clear plastic thing of dice, you know, D6s. You just have to empty that and be like, here's, here's my deck. Or here's, here's my, yeah. It's okay, yeah. I like it. It's cool. I guess. Sure. One of Yay. the uh, one of, one of the uh, unlockables is a Jedit Ojanin of Ephrava, so that's cool. Always loved him. Oh, is Dirk back? Yep, I'm back. Hey, buddy. We're talking hey, about the deck boy. pack. Hey, boy. Have anything to add about the deck pack? Nope. I don't think so. Did you have anything to add about Kiora? You were kind of uh, <laughs> quiet because possibly She's you simic. were gone. She's simic. Well, what do you think? I I read her and was like, oh, I bet you I could throw her into something and build a deck around her. She does have some really great abilities. So, if I get one, I'll, I will definitely find a place for her. Oh, yeah. If I can. <laughs> she seems like a, uh, a nice general purpose planeswalker that you can put in any deck that can run her. Like, she's not yeah. incredibly specialized. Cause that thing can't hurt anybody till next turn. That's fine. Play a land, draw a card. That's fine. Get big dudes. That's fine. There's, she doesn't need anything 
Like, she's not a build around me. She's supplemental to the point. She's like a naturalized. You can just yeah. throw her in any deck you that can run her, and it's well, fine. My, but my deck doesn't like explorers or <laughs> big monsters. Okay, don't put her in that deck. Okay. But any other, it's fine. It also happens to be mono-red, so... Oh, yeah. see, there's your problem. <laughs> okay. So the de- deck pack is just... It's a uh, metalcraft. Yeah, red, white, metalcraft, and a green... It's a Cory deck. You, were, you weren't here for that. It's a Cory deck. It's got all the token counter, all the token creatures, and all the plus one, plus one counters in the universe. Oh, okay. I love it. Like in concept. I don't really know if it's a good deck or not, but I don't care, because I still don't play this game, because I'm dumb. I got an iPad now, too, and it pisses me off that I already bought it on the... On, oh, we should, we didn't talk about Christmas. We'll do that at the end. We, we I, I have it on the Xbox, and I don't play it there, but I have an iPad now, and it would be perfect, but I already paid... Ten bucks for it, so I don't want to pay ten bucks for it again. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> hmm. Oh well. Your apathy is an inspiration to us all, isn't it? I don't know, is it? No. So <laughs> there's not laziness. There's ten bucks involved. Thank you. So there's uh, there's one more bit of news, and this, well, this is uh oh, oh crap! You guys still there? You guys still there? Yes. Yeah, well, I, I heard you say there's one more bit of news, and this... Dude. I was reaching I was reaching for uh, a different button, and I accidentally turned airplane mode on. <laughs> recording still going? The recording is still going, so even though my Wi-Fi was off for half a second, <laughs> nothing had a chance to actually go, whoops, and disconnect. <laughs> Laptop. Okay, so like I said, there's one more bit of news that ordinarily we would just go, meh, but there's more to it. So they announced a new set, and it's Magic 2015. Woo! So yay, core set. Uh, Didn't see that coming. The, <laughs> <laughs> the tagline is Hunt Bigger Game, and it's got Garrick with purple eyes. Or a purple eye, I guess. So I guess he's still infected? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still infected, but I wonder if we're, if we're going to get gonna a... He's going to turn into a Zerg. And then I was wondering crush. if he was going to marry Leona Vess. <laughs> I don't think that's what she wants with him. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, she's just in for the sex. Yeah, I was going to say, she's more of a hit it and quit it type of chick. <laughs> she, she's got, if you read the novel, she's kind of got a thing for Jace. But, you exactly. know, yeah. Wizards loves Jace, so everybody wants to be with Jace. Even Nicol Bolas wants to get with Jace. Hell yeah. I mean, hell, I want to get with Jace, and I don't even like him. He's got his own font now. That anyway, so yeah, uh, it's got Garrick with a purple eye looking all menacing. It's Hunt Bigger Game, so hopefully, I don't know what that means, because sometimes that means something and sometimes it doesn't. And yeah, it comes out pre-release release date July 18th. So yeah, online release date is July 28th, so a scant 10 days later for you weirdo digital people. That's... Pretty good for a digital release. Yeah, they're yeah. getting they're getting much better about that. They're hoping eventually, I think, to get it same day. But Whoa. ten ten days is pretty close. Because mm-hmm. it used to be like a month or more. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember reading somewhere they they were trying to narrow that uh, that gap as much as possible. So okay, uh, cool things to note: Aaron Forsyth was the lead uh, designer. That's big because Aaron Forsyth is well, he's the the big boss. Of R and D, right? Isn't he still director of R and D? I think so. Yeah. Didn't he write the from the director? Oh, from the director. <laughs> I'll be all right. Shut up, Scott. 
Uh, one he of also led M10, didn't he? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, one of the developers is uh, Sam Stoddard. That makes me happy that Sam's still there and getting work. Cool. Yeah. The few times we had Sam on Monday Night Magic, I really like Sam. I tried to get him every week. He was hardly ever available. It was a sad <laughs> time. Uh, <sighs> this thing will be available, as always, booster pack, intro pack, fat pack, and clash pack. I don't know what that is, and it says we'll be announcing more about the new Clash Pack soon. So you think it's a revamped one of those booster uh, battles, booster battle things? Possibly, it could be. Or if you're in line to get one, and the guy in front of you wants to get one, you have to sit down and duke it out. <laughs> yeah, you reveal the top. You have to card. reveal the top card, and maybe <laughs> you know, poke him in the eye when he he's like, "Hi," you're like, "Huh," <laughs> and you throw a cow at him. That's 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 different. <laughs> that have class? That didn't have class, did it? No, that's if you control a giant draw card, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Same thing, yeah. <laughs> well, what send I us mean? an email if you know the name of that card and win absolutely nothing. Ooh, I do. <laughs> I'll send the email later. Awesome. I'll, I'll forget. You win. Yeah, I win. It's Giant's Ire. <laughs> Ooh. Jam. Right in the eye. Uh, the expansion symbol is still the same, Magic M with a 15. <sighs> What what do they need to change about it? I don't know. Clues. It's, we recorded Monday Night Magic last night, uh-huh. and Clues was complaining about the fact that M15 comes out in 2014, but like the Commander product is Commander 2013, but M14 is the set we have, and it's it is kind of confusing when you're using oh. gear on different things differently. Yeah, that is that is yeah. Like I understand they wanted to do the whole uh, car thing. Where, you know, the 2014 models of cars have been out for several months. Yeah. But still. Well, that, that was what can, that was what confused me when they announced the Commander product because I've got, I had gotten used to them using the naming convention with the core sets. So I just assumed it was coming out next year and they're like, oh wait, it's coming out in like two months. And I'm like, oh, really? Nothing was rushed along here. See what he said. So, I think what it said was backwards, but whatever. I think it was, but we'll, we'll let it go. <laughs> so that's all the M15 news, right? Almost. 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 Not quite. So, in Aaron Forsyth's From the Director's Chair, which is right. Which is right. Damn it, I don't <laughs> have it open for me either. Come on. You are bad at this game. I am terrible. I copied all the links from other places, but I didn't open them. Which one is it? I think it's, it's um, I think it's the feature one. Yeah, it's this one. Yeah, yeah. There we go from the director's chair. Okay, so Aaron Forsyth is like, look what we did last year. We're awesome. Blah blah blah. Stroking our ego. Blah blah blah. Well, and he did he apologize goes, that the twentieth anniversary wasn't more of a thing. Which I appreciate because I really wanted it to be more of a thing. Yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, they really should have done something awesome with it and they completely did not. Maybe they'll do it for 25. Hopefully. Because that's Hopefully. a quarter of a century. Some of the people listening to this aren't, haven't even been around that long. The <laughs> <laughs> Shidrens. Okay. So, yep, we're awesome. Look at this. Blah, blah, blah. Magic Online, whatever. And then it revealed. The, uh, you make the card card. Remember that? I don't. Yep. It was called Waste Not, which I completely forgot. And of course, I skipped right down to the card as I was reading this, and I'm like, okay, blah, 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 that's different. <laughs> See now, 
here's my experience. I read his little thing and I'm, and it's like, oh look, the preview card. And I'm like, and it's one that I already knew about. All right, fine, whatever. And then I, I'd look at it and then I just keep going. And he's like, look at the new frame. And I go back up and I'm looking at it. I'm like, what new frame? <laughs> they really should have picked a non-black card to show this <laughs> on. Because it, it literally took me staring at it and then I'm like, I don't get it. And I went down, I went through his bullet points. I'm like, I guess oh. I can see, oh. So. But yeah, they, they should they should have led with the other example and then just put the preview for White's Knot. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because it was a lot more visible. Well, but White's Knot has all of the new features that he talks about. The sure. other one doesn't. That's, that's, that's true. Yeah. Or he could have led with the red one and then redid the way he wrote it. But whatever. Whatever. So. Whatever. I'm sure most of you listening to this know this already, but we're going to run through it anyway. So, the font on... Now, I haven't read his uh, actual things here, mm-hmm. so let me know if I'm wrong here. The font for the card name and the type line is new, right? And that's it. Yeah. It's a new proprietary font that they yeah. developed. But it's just it's for those two lines, right? Yes. Okay. And it's not a font that really, I guess technically existed anywhere else previously. It's their own font, and you can tell because of the name. Because everybody loves Chase. Yeah, so the new Balearin font. And honestly, I couldn't tell a difference until I flipped over to this animated GIF, which the link is in the show notes. I highly recommend you go look at this. Because it's the animated GIF is... uh, Wall of Fire, the old M13 version and the new M15 version, and then Waste Not as it would have been and Waste Not as it is now, and it just blinks back and forth between the two with, what, like half a second in between them? Maybe. And it's yeah, enough I... to give a seizure. <laughs> Not quite that fast, but yeah, it's it's enough to where you can really see the differences by comparing the two in the same space rather than next to each other or whatever. It really helps, so go click on that link and check it out. See, now, before you sent that link, I was kind of apathetic about this. And I was like, it's really not a big deal. And finally, after looking at it by comparison, I can say definitively, okay, I really actually like this change. It looks a lot better. And it's still not a big deal. (laughs) And it's still not a big deal. It still doesn't, like, change the world or anything. I could not believe. I, I should be used to it by now. I could not believe the number of people complaining about it. And when I got to the forums and when I read the first um, quote from somebody saying, this might be the thing that makes me quit, I was like, I'm not, <laughs> really? I'm not reading any more today. I have reached my quota. If this is what makes you stop playing... Yeah, Brian's uh, talking, of course, about oh, it's the, gonna break the, the game. Forums, not our forums. Our forums are much better. No, our yeah, forums the, are the magic great. forums. Actually, nobody has mentioned it on our forums, which is interesting. <laughs> I guess they all have better things to do. Yeah, that's holidays and whatnot. They'll respond to us. They'll be like, "Yeah, you guys are dumb. That sucks." Or, and which is more likely the case, they'll be like, "Meh, we don't mm. care either." Yeah, like it's I know just, some people don't like the way the the. Like the full frame doesn't extend the same way around the bottom of the card anymore, but like now I can actually read all of the yeah. artist and okay, collector so, information without yeah. like squinting and trying really hard. So let's yeah. let's finish going through the bullets here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess. So for uh, rares and mythics, and the the center of the bottom of the text box, there's like a little bump, 
and there will be a little uh, holofoil stamp, and it's it, it's it's great for guaranteeing authenticity. Clues told me a couple weeks ago, I think, about some really really scarily terrifyingly impressive uh uh, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Fakes, Counterfeit. counterfeits. Forgeries. Thank you. All of those words that uh, have shown up in Durham. And I've seen people tweet about them in other places. Yeah, so. I just heard about them today, and I saw a few photos. And if you don't look really close and think about it, you're you're going to miss it completely. Yeah. So this is good for the forgery thing. I was at a Star City Open one time where a guy got ejected for selling counterfeit cards. So. Whoops. <laughs> and there was a question so as far as did, did he, well, did he even know that they were counterfeit to begin with? How far back does it go, you know? So it's a problem. But since you can't sell things at an open if you're not a vendor. No, and, and, and that's another problem in and of itself, but yeah. So, so they ejected anyway. him twice. They brought him back and threw him out again. Rick, Rick no, you remember, out. yeah, it was, it was when we were like, oh, Ricky Hayashi's gonna go over and kick that guy's ass. You remember that, Joey? Yeah. Wait, were we there for, was I there for that? Yeah. Oh. Ricky Hayashi went over and dealt with him personally. Oh. <laughs> Drop the elbow. A little bit. Okay, so the Hollywood stamp, uh, commons, uncommons, and lands won't have it. It's just for rares and mythics. Uh, scrolling down the bottom of the card, like Mike said, the, the color of the, the border of the card, not the border, the color of the background, I guess you call it. What is that? Frame. The frame. Excuse me, does not go all the way to the bottom anymore. It cuts off, like, right above the power and toughness box. Mm -hmm. And that's so that the bottom is black for a white uh, collector number. Okay, hang on. It's, uh. It has collector number, rarity, um. The artist set, name. Set, language, and artist name. There's something else. What's that other little symbol there? What's Between language the and. The rarity symbol. Oh, uh, that's just a little, that's just a little dot, but on holofoils it'll be a star. Right. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry I used the wrong term, but. No, 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 it's, it's M15 and then a dot and then English and then mm. what's that? Oh, that's a little pen nub for the artist. Oh, it's a little pen nub. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. The, and they've always had those. Had well, for a long time they had a brush or a pen or something. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the dot between M15 and English in this waste knot is a dot. On uh, foils, it'll be a star. Mm -hmm. That's correct. Yeah. And was, part of that change was made so that uh, that area will be machine readable for quality control purposes. Yeah, and lots of people, Clues brought this up on Monday Night Magic, lots of people freaked out about, oh my god, that means they can do like automatic deck registration and blah da 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 You know, mm. shut up. That's not what we're doing this for. If that happens, that'll be cool. But they're doing this for their own quality control purposes. I'm waiting for them to come out with a little disc that I can wear on my arm that when I play a card, it's represented in the real world. <laughs> and this is the next step toward that. Oh, yeah. It's a totally original idea. Now, uh, in order to make room for all this new cool stuff, they have actually decreased the size of the black border for, I think, the first time ever. Like at or least it's first since. time they're telling us about. Okay, let's let's put it that way. Yeah, like ever since the new card frame, I think the black border's just been there and it's been oh, yeah. the same, mm -hmm. but it's been decreased by almost a millimeter all the way around. Now that doesn't sound like much, but on something this small, that's pretty significant. 
Yeah. And you can see it again on the, the animated GIF, uh, excuse me, that is in the show notes. Please go look at that. I'm telling you, it's, it's well worth it. Yeah, it gives more space so that they can put more text. Yeah. And it just, like, okay, the, the complaints I've heard about the, the frame not going all the way down, it's jarring. Okay. The machine readable text is so completely different than, uh, the rest of it. Like, uh, I know that, uh, Dr. Mrs. Dr. Clues, <laughs> Dr. Mrs. Dr. Clues, yeah, uh, is that right? Mrs. Dr. No, it's, it's only one Mrs. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she doesn't like the machine readable text because that just draws her eye immediately because it's white on black and different than everything else. So your eye just jumps to it and stays there. And like as opposed to the rest of the text all over the big ass cars around it. Yeah. Never mind. Because well, like I said, I think it's because it's the the black, just black, black, black with a bright uh-huh. white on it. It just it draws the eye. Yeah. And I agree, but I think after working with it for. M15, we'll, we won't even notice it anymore, to be perfectly honest. That's usually the way it is. I have heard of people that still don't play with, what in the hell? Is everyone okay? <laughs> I've just got a bit of a cough. Sorry. <laughs> you have heard of what now? A cough that came with a prize. I've heard of some people <laughs> who still refuse to play with any cards with uh, the new, like, 8th edition forward border, or, <laughs> or card, card face, and... Okay, whatever. Yeah, I say. good for you. But uh, this, I don't see any reason to complain. Like it's, it's they're they're pretty minor changes, really. I mean, honestly, the title font is probably what's going to be weirding me out the most. But mm-hmm. eventually, I'll, I yeah. will get used to it. That F in Wall of Fire is really cool looking, though. Yeah. I gotta say, that's the only part, that's the only letter that I've actually noticed the new font is that F. I was like, whoa, look at that. So, yeah. But anyway, so that's, that's that. I mean, there's nothing else to say. I, I had absolutely no response when I read it. I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and that was, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like that on red cards, you'll be able to actually read the collector number now. That's hot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm glad they used Wall of Fire as an example because ugh. Because ugh. Yes. Do Do you not like Wall of Fire? No, I I don't like trying to read that information on red cards. Oh, okay, right, right, right. <laughs> I was like, it's a wall that breathes fire, Mike. It's awesome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, uh, children. Sorry, yes, sir. So, are we done with that? Is there anything else with? The new card frame, quote unquote. I think that's it. Looks good. Okay. Looks good. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the link to all of this is in the show notes as always. Go check them out. I actually need to find. Hey, somebody. Never mind. It's in the freaking. Hey, look, it's in the chat. <laughs> Idiot. New frame, animated GIF. Go ahead and put this in the show notes now, so I don't have to dig for it later. Because I always hate that. Okay. So is that all the news? I think yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. Is that enough? I, I thought so. So that's our, uh, that's all our news now. Uh, what, what we wanted to do, or what I wanted to do, this is all my idea, I'm sorry, was we talked about all the guilds of, uh, Ravnica for old versus new, but there were things other than just the guilds and the cards in the guilds and the structure of the guilds that, uh, were different in the two blocks, and I figured we'd just do a final piece about all that other stuff. What you guys uh-huh. think? 
That sounds yeah. fun to me. Like the the manor rocks, the the lands in each one, the the general structure of how the two different blocks worked. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'm sure we'll be able to think of a couple more things while we're at it. So I think right. the rare lands, especially those were a, uh-huh. those were a big deal, a big difference. So mm. yeah, so I guess this is the the wrap up for old versus new. Let's let's do the rocks. You want to do the rocks? Let's start with the rocks. The rocks yes, are good. So in the original Ravnica, they were the signets, and I love the signets. <laughs> the signets everybody are loves so the freaking badass. They all cost two. They all have cool art of the signet on something, and they all have the ability pay a colorless and tap and add both colors of that guild's mana. So the Simic signet adds a blue and a green. You know, the Ragnar signet adds a red and a red, or a red and a red, a blue and a purple, because <laughs> the signet is a bruise, pretty much. <laughs> anyway, and they're they're brilliant. I have them in basically every EDH deck has. The appropriate signets in it until I run out of signets. Yeah, like there's a reason the original Commander Precons, all of them came with all of the appropriate signets in them. Yeah, because they're great. They, they fix your mana and they accelerate your mana at the same time, and they're colorless to play, so it doesn't matter. Like you could be running a green deck, a green black deck, and keep drawing, you know, rampant growth, growth after rampant growth, and if you don't have a forest, you're kind of stuck. So, but the fact that they're colorless really helps with the fixing as well. So, yeah, yeah. So signets are—they're cheap to play. They only cost two. They're versatile as all hell. They're brilliant. Yes. Yeah. They're worth a spot almost every time. Yeah, damn near it. Even, even in some of my sixty-card decks, I have signets. Wow, that's weird. Oh yeah. Hmm. They're that good. Yeah. So. In the new, uh, in the Return to Ravnica, there's actually two different rocks. Oh yeah, you're right. There's the, um. Yeah, the first rune we got in Return to Ravnica and Gate Crash are the key runes. Key runes. That, I was like the, the, uh, the ones that turn into dudes and punch people. <laughs> so the key runes. What do the key runes do, Mike? Uh, the key runes, um, cost three. They can tap for either color of the guild's mana. And um, you can pay one of each of the guild's colors to turn into a dude and go make it punch someone. So the Azorius key rune turns into a 2-2 bird. And the Rectos key rune turns into a 3-1 demon with first strike. And so yes. so yes. Sorry, I love the Rectos key rune. It's awesome. Yeah, so they cost three, so they're more expensive, but... They can punch people or get in the way or whatever it is that you do with creatures. Yeah. They don't give you both colors of mana at the same time, but shut up. <laughs> you, you can punch someone with your mana rock, okay? Quit complaining. <laughs> <laughs> and then in, uh, crap, Dragon's Maze, we got the other ones. Brian, what are those? The, uh, Clue Stones. Much like clues and stones, or clues, clues, clues. Yeah, not, not um, the clues tones. That's actually uh, clues is acapella group. Oh, we yo wait. Uh, so each guild has a clue stone. They cost three mana, and you can tap to add one of that mana, one of that guild's colors. For example, the Azorius one costs three. You can tap it at a white or a blue. And then each of them also have the second ability, pay both of that guild's colors, 
and tap it and sacrifice it to draw a card. So it's kind of like a Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Mind Stone, if, in case you didn't know, is pretty good. I like Mind Stone a lot. Mind Stone, just some people know, costs two taps for one colorless mana, and you can pay one and tap it and sacrifice it to draw a card? Or yes. Two and tap. Yeah, okay. Uh, this is a bit more expensive because it costs three, but you're actually getting colored mana out of it. I think where, I don't know, if you try and compare it to like Darksteel Ingot, you pay three and you get any mana. But if you're in a two color deck anyway, then you've just got the late game versatility of just cash it in. Yeah, you can trade it in later. There will, there will come a point when you don't need the one extra mana and just try to have another card. Yeah, and having another card is almost always great. Yeah. Yeah. And even if it's a bad card, well, you know what? That's a bad card you wouldn't draw next turn. Shut up. Because there's a point <laughs> in time when you just might not need the mana fixer anymore. Yeah, I do remember at the Dragon's Maze pre-release, there were a bunch of times where I was like, play a clue stone. <sighs> play a clue stone. Next turn, draw two cards. Like, <laughs> I did that more than once. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, I'll tap this clue stone and play another clue stone. Okay, go. And then next turn, I'm like, I'm going to draw two extra cards this turn, and I'm killing you. It didn't help my board uh, presence any, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) So, we got, in the original Ravnica, we got almost, like, the best mana-fixing rocks ever. Quite possibly, yeah. I mean, they're really good. Without going into the craziness of, you know, all five colors, like an ingot. Which is also indestructible, <laughs> which is awesome. But, I mean, sure, there's the complaint, we have to pay one to use them. Shut up. <laughs> well, you had to, you had at least two to cast in the first place, so. Exactly. <laughs> it does lead to the problem of, you know, you tap all these lands and you play a spell and you tap all these lands and play a spell. You got one more to play and you look down and the only thing untapped is the signet. Damn it! <laughs> That's not because that's not a problem with the car. That's just you weren't paying attention. Exactly, and that was going to be my point. It was well, then you should have tapped that differently. Hey, dummy. <laughs> so, yeah, like the signets are almost a little too good to be common. Not good enough to be uncommon, but a little too good to be common. Well, they they really that was the first time they had done a, a uh, multicolor theme in a while since since invasion, and they wanted to push the theme hard, and that's why at common. You've got the clue stones, and you've got these other lands we're going to get to in a sec. Yeah. The yeah. question is, I think, can anything really come close to signets? And they see, I think they knew they couldn't they couldn't answer that question, so they sidestepped in and gave you a, a rock that can punch people and a rock that can draw a card to where there's really no... It's really hard, it's to, hard compare to compare because they're they're so versatile in other ways. Right. Yeah. They're more expensive, but then they do other things. Yeah. So whereas a signet will always be a signet is always a signet. Signet. Yeah. Even even the difference between two mana and three mana for something that accelerates mana makes them completely different cards. Yes. So I don't know how to call it, Dirk. What you got? Uh. I do like the new Ravnica actually gave you two. Mm. Well, that is that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good point. We're not just comparing them; we're comparing it all as, as a whole. That's true. So yeah. the the new set gives you two. I do like that the old one is a little bit cheaper, 
and it, it actually gains you mana in the end. You know, you yeah. invest one and you get two out. Yeah. Here in the new ones, yes, you get a free one, but you what if you've got something that needs both mana colors? Well, you kind of stuck choosing one or the other. So, oh, that is true. If if okay, what? the signet that's not possible to screw that up. If if you need both colors, you've got both colors. What? Yeah, the whereas because the signet taps for both colors. Yeah, I think is what whereas if for some reason like you need both colors and somehow and the only one you have is a third color. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> all, all I've drawn is my freaking splash mana. Oh, thank God! Here's a, a mana rock. You're gonna want a signet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's a legitimate. It's an extremely thing. corner case, but it's happened to me. <laughs> that's why my response was black. <laughs> It's it's very small corner. It's it's you know we don't even put the bad children in that corner. But I've well, been I think there. That damn Mike it. had the had a really great point in it too. Is that they're like, but you have to pay one mana to do it. It's like yeah, but you paid two to play it. So obviously you have the mana to activate it. Yeah. In the first place, whereas three is a lot of mana. I mean, how many times have we been stuck on two mana? I mean, like, if only I could get a third mana, I could do something. If I draw one more. <laughs> where <laughs> I don't know if I can count that high. <laughs> where, so that it's means the me old right Ravnica now. ones technically would have been the better choice because you can drop them sooner. I do find it interesting that if you get to turn three and you play any of these, if you play a key rune or a clue stone, you get... You have one mana, but if on turn three, and you still got three mana, uh, on turn three you play a signet, you have two mana. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm, I'm just gonna give my vote to signets because they're so good, they're not as versatile, but they are so good, I'm just gonna give it to signets for me. Uh, you guys can vote however you want, you don't have to vote at all, but. The difference is, signets only do one thing, but they do them really freaking well. Yeah. And the, the clue stones and the, the key runes do two things, so they do both of them kinda not so well. Like, I mean the this the, the sickness and the I mean the the key runes and the clue stones do plenty of great things. Yeah. But like both you and Brian have said, the the signets do that one totally great thing. All hail the king. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to pick signets. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do signets. Yeah, me too. Or four, I guess. Like, four. If I were to have the opportunity to choose one or the other, I would probably choose signets. Yeah. Yeah, unless yeah. there was something in particular about my deck that made me want uh, a key rune, because yeah. I don't know if I would ever choose a clue stone over a signet for any reason. You'd have to have some very specific circumstances for that. Yeah, like, I'm sure you know, I'd be able to come up with something, but just not drafting that. dragons. Ooh, ooh, I know. It's um, a it's a Rakdos deck, and you want to be able to turn your key rune into a demon so you don't have to sacrifice it. Fog bank. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, I know. I I was I was trying to come up with a reason to pick a clue stone instead of a key rune or a signet. Ooh, ooh, because I know when I would uh, mm, pick a key rune. That's easy. When you want a dude, yeah. Yeah. I had to go for the the. I mean, Rakdos like the the card, not the guild. Oh no. God. Right. <laughs> yeah, the one that hurts Mike. Yeah, it's a demon. Yes, <laughs> I don't have to sacrifice my key rune. Uh, uh. <laughs> one, one day, Dark is going to attack Mike 
with a Rakdos, and it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> oh, that would be such poetic justice, wouldn't it? <laughs> I can't actually think. Like, I've played Mindstone in, in, uh, actually in the Clash deck, <laughs> funnily enough. Uh, I have a full set of Mindstones in that deck. <laughs> but, I don't remember why I went for Mindstones over everything else. So, should we go ahead and move on then? Yeah, to let's, the lamps? let's move on. Yeah. So, the, the common, uh, guild lands in, uh, original Ravnica were the, they're now called like the bounce lands or the Karoo lands. Mm-hmm. And an example of one might be uh Simic uh what what are they called? That'd Simic. be uh Simic Growth Chamber. Oh right, they all have different names. I'm trying to think of the one name they all have and they don't have one. No, no they they don't yeah. they don't share any names or types or anything. Okay, so the Simic Growth Chamber. Dirk, what's it do? Do you remember off the top of your head? Yeah, it's you when you put when you comes into play, it comes into play tapped, and unless you Return a card to or your a land card to your hand, then uh, well, you have to return a land card. To yeah, your you hand. have to return a, a land card to your hand to play that. And when you tap it, it adds one of uh, each of the the guild colors. That's yeah. correct. And that's why. And they're awesome. They're so awesome. I love. They them. are. The Unless is... your opening hand is nothing <laughs> but them. Yeah. <laughs> Then they suck. Turn one, they're not so great. Yeah, because then you play it, and you bounce a land card. Whoops, I only have one. Back to your hand. Well, now you're stupid. At the very beginning of the game, I revealed two uh, Chancellor of the uh, Tangle. No, <laughs> I revealed four of them. And my first turn, I play a Torpor Orb, and then I play a Simic Growth Chamber. Nailed it. <laughs> I wish I had the extra mana somewhere for the Amulet of Unwakening, but let's not get silly. Err. So yeah, so they bounce a, a land when they come in, which means if it's your only one, then you've got to bounce it. Uh, if you've got something weird that triggers on landfall, and you want to use it every turn, by all means, you can play it every turn. But if you want to actually use it for mana, you got to actually have something else to bounce. I remember when... A, I actually do remember, the memory is fading because I'm getting old, but when original Ravnica came out, there was a sense of, are these good or not? And then John Finkel won a draft by first picking every bounce land he could find and then just drafting all the best stuff he could get. And everybody said, hmm, mana <laughs> fixing is good mana. Fi-. He said it was like worth, it was worth like two of every other land that he had in his deck. So. Yeah, because it, it gives you so much work. You know, it makes two mana. Even though it returns a land to your hand, it makes two mana. So even though you're not ramping, you're still advancing at a pretty regular pace, and it gives you another land drop by putting the other land back in your hand. Exactly. So if if you have two lands and a Rakdos Carnarium in your opening hand, it's almost like you've got four lands in your opening hand. Yeah. And that can make a big difference. It's almost like another draw of land. So, And as everybody knows, card advantage is good. Yeah. Yeah. I've only listened to a couple, but yeah, they are pretty good. <laughs> oh, you don't mean Clues' podcast, Card Advantage, which mm-hmm. actually is really good and everyone should go listen to it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. In original Ravnica draft, especially once the full block was out, those things were like first and second and third picks. Yeah. Like, no kidding. <laughs> and that's insane. 
dude, I remember um, a draft we did back at the dorm where I was playing an Orzhov deck that splashed some gruel cards, like both red and green, and it was able to work because I was able to pick up some of the gruel lands. <laughs> like, yeah. it actually wasn't a complete pile of crap. Notice the modifier, complete. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a... Uh, they're They're really good. Again... Having like a basic land and two of them in your opening hand is, it's not terrible, but it kind of sucks. It's a lot better than just two of them in your opening hand that you just shuffle right back in. <laughs> but like, we actually did an EDH game not long ago. This might have been Brian when I was with you, uh, just recently when I, uh, on your birthday when I played, we were playing some EDH. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure one of those hands was a, uh, What's what are the one the a refuge is that the one yeah, yeah. A refuge and two of the the the, the bounce lands and yeah, I'm there was, like eh, I'm gonna keep this. There was literally <laughs> a game where you you played a refuge and then played another land and replayed the refuge. You played that refuge four times. It was four times that game, yeah. So <laughs> so and and you know luckily Brian had a slow start too, so it wasn't so bad, but. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the bounce lands, the original Ravnica guild lands. Right. Uh, in the new Ravnica, we got the, the, uh, um, the guild gates. The guild gates. Mm-hmm. Which are pretty simple, actually. Yeah, I think everyone understands those. They were printed in both, in all, in each different set. Um, in, in Ravnica and Gate Crash, they were regular commons. In Dragon's Maze, they would show up in the Lancelot. Yeah. You know, each, each guild has a gate. The end of the battlefield tapped. You could tap them for either color of the guild's colors, and they have the gate subtype. Yeah. So the gate subtypes uh, means that you can do cool things with other cards that care about them. You know, yeah. go, go get a gate, it mazes end, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and the one where you can tap a gate to ping someone? Oh, my God. What's that <laughs> called? Uh, <coughs> crackling perimeter. Yeah. So we have to take that into account when thinking about them, but yeah, I mean, like like the bounce lands, you know, they're common and there are all ten. But the bounce lands were printed a long time ago, so now you have free and open access to uh, all ten of these easy to get common multicolored lands. You could put in any of your decks, you know, no matter what you need. Um, they're simple to use, and they have that extra subtype that makes them do fun stuff with other cards sometimes. Yeah, and. And if you have an opening hand that's three gates, it's not an automatic throwback. In fact, <laughs> right. that might be pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, you can do lots of cool things with the bounce lands, but I think the gates are just better. Which I'm, is, I'm torn between the two of them. It's kind of it hurt. It hurt me to say that. I gotta say. Oh, wait, wait. I just want to make sure I understand. You're saying that the gates are better. Yeah, I, I prefer. What just, if you take out all of the stuff that cares about gates? Oh, yeah. I wasn't even thinking of those honestly because I very rarely play with any of them. Well, you don't get in. You don't. You don't run the risk of getting into the I'm screwed situations. Yeah, that's and that. As much as I love the bounce lands, I seem to hit that a lot. <laughs> And it's a problem. Like any three colored deck can run, uh, how many different? Oh, it's just three, isn't it? Um, Let's see one, two. Uh, yes. Yeah. That's weird. 
how do I always get in that problem in ADH then? What? Damn it. <laughs> Bad at this game. I think you've just nailed it on the head. Yeah. But the, the, like Mike said, they're common. They're everywhere because they were in the freaking Lancelot in Dragon's Maze in addition to being in the other two sets. And they're, they're, you know, they're multi-lands, you know. What, what the hell? They're damn near perfect. <laughs> yeah, I still personally prefer the bounce lands. I mean, yes, I agree with all the good things that have been said about the gates. They're easy to use, they're easy to find. Um, you're never going to accidentally screw yourself over by playing with them. You won't have to make mulligans just for drawing a certain number of them. Yeah. But, um, you know, if I, if I want multi-lands, you know, I've been playing long enough that I have access to, um, other stuff that doesn't necessarily work like this. And I have bounce lands and I can plan for the bounce lands in my mana base and work around them. And, I, and I've been playing long enough where I understand how to play them properly. Or at least close to properly. More so properly of, than I do. <laughs> so a lot of the drawbacks aren't a problem for me. So that leaves me still preferring the bounce lands. I'm going to go with the bounce zone, bounce lands as well. Just because I feel the higher, there's a, there is some risk to them, but it's a fairly minimal risk. And the potential payoff is just that much greater. So. Yeah, I'm there, there are a few feelings worse in the world than you playing a bounce land and saying go, and then your opponent going, okay, I'll blow up your bounce land. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's pretty bad. That that happened to me several times when Magnavore was a thing in Standard. Ah. Wow. Wow. I can see that. Okay. But uh and in, in EDH, too, having one land that taps for two mana... Something about it is just great. Mm. Like that and the um like the Temple of the False God. Oh god, I put all those that tap for two in their own pile. <laughs> <laughs> I so do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I have the tap for two pile. <laughs> what is that about? But uh yeah, I've been bitten by them enough. I still love them, don't get me wrong. I don't it's not like oh these suck and gates are better. I just I just prefer the the gates because they're less hassle. Mm. They tax my brain less. They make me curse less. Which anyone that knows me not on this show, that's probably good. Should we be cursing less? Really? Wow. <laughs> Every little bit helps. <laughs> oh, no, never mind. I don't feel like going in and bleeping it. <laughs> oh well. So what? Wait, did, did Dirk vote yet? Yeah, I voted to to. I can't really pick between the two because they're. If, if given the opportunity, and I have with the, the, I don't know if I put them in the sliver deck or not, I don't think I was able to, to find enough of each one, but if given the opportunity with, uh, EDH, I would stick both. Oh yeah, just Whatever like. Whatever they're both going in, cause yes, there are drawbacks to each one. One is better in one, one, yep, they, one you get double, but there's a drawback, the other one, there's not really a drawback, but you're not getting as much. Yeah. Yet it, it, there's ups and downs to it. So just but like they're, bo- they're both equally <laughs> great in what they do. So just like every uh, old versus new, where we were talking about the guild mages, play both. <laughs> yeah, play both. Yeah. I, okay. I honestly cannot pick which one I would prefer, so I'm going to say both. Fair enough. I, I cannot 
distinguish which one, <coughs> in my opinion, is better. Since this is the last one, we'll allow you a both vote. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so that's the common lands. Uh, were there any uncommon lands in Return to Ravnica that mattered? I don't think there were, were there? Were there, were, were there any? At yeah, all? like the, the, uh, Ghost Quarter. That was not in Return to Ravnica. That, that was, was not in, uh, Return to Ravnica. Okay, that was the Rogue's right. Passage is the only uncommon land oh. I have seen so far. Hmm. Yep, that's it. Okay. So never mind then. We won't bother with the Guild Lands. Uh. We can at least talk about them. They were really. Well, well, we'll, we'll, well, I guess we're there now. Oh, no, we got to do the rare lands. So in R- Ravnica block, they were the shock lands. Everyone knows them. Everyone loves them. Everyone plays them in freaking Legacy and Modern. They have the two basic land types. So Temple Garden is the green-white one. It's a plains and a forest. Mm-hmm. And it comes into play tapped. I'm sorry, answers the battlefield tapped, unless you pay two life. And then it's untapped. And they're amazing. They're great. They're brilliant. And they're so good, they put them in Return to Ravnica again. So that's a that's a push. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they were still hate. great, still yeah. awesome. Oh my god, <laughs> what the hell? But they distributed them in a in a different way because of different block structures. Which leads us right into the next one, which is the block structures. Mm. So original Ravnica was something completely unseen before. The way they did it was Ravnica. Uh, City of Guilds. The first set was... Four guilds. Uh, it was Boros, Selesnia, Demir, and... And Golgari. Golgari. So, four guilds. You got all of the guild cards for those guilds in that set. Yep. Mm-hmm. There was lots of other support stuff, too, because it was a big set. But not so much more because there were four guilds. And then in the next set, you got Is it? Orzov. Orzov and Gruul. Yes. And that was your Guild Pact. Mm-hmm. Where you got every guild card you're going to see for that one. And then the third one, it was... Yeah, nothing from the previous guilds. And nothing, yeah, it was all, it was like a whole new uh, set, mm-hmm. completely. And then in the the last one you got, wasn't Azorius in one of those? Or was Azorius? Azorius and Simic were in the, sec- the third one. Azorius and Simic were in Ascension? Holy and crap. Rakdos. And Rakdos. And Rakdos. Well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, the two, the two that I liked playing the most were the ones in the third, third sets. Dirk was all excited when Descension. Oh, I was so excited. So, so the pluses are, uh, you get everything all at once. You don't have to wait. You know, and like when Ravnica came out, you're getting all the Boros. Yes. The problem is, you're not getting any more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like it's both a plus and a minus at the same time. Ouch. If you if that was the colors that you liked, there was no real point in buying the next two sets. Yeah. And and there's no and there's no opportunity for a second or third set to flesh out a theme or do something or, or do a, a weird twist on a mechanic shown previously. Right. The only twist they really did in Dissension was um the split cards. Oh yeah. True. And that went in the other category, the support cards and whatnot. Right. Although they were cards for certain guilds, so I'll give you that. So then Return to Ravnica, in the first set you had five guilds, which will go unnamed. (laughs) (laughs) We've said them a million times before. Yeah. And in the second set, you got 
the other five guilds. And they were both big sets. And they were both big sets. And then in Dragon's Maze, which was a small set, you got a smattering of all ten guilds. And so that allowed them, as Mike said, to flesh out themes or do a twist or something like that and just give you more stuff. Which was nice. I I think that was a big improvement. Yes. Yes. And I I have to agree with Mike. I think that the, the second... Uh, the second ability, or the second ability, Jesus. The second, uh. Limit break. The second limit break <laughs> was much better than the, uh, original summon spell. <laughs> Damn it, like Final was, Fantasy. <laughs> and like I was saying about the, the lands, um, the shock lands in original Ramnica block only appeared in the set that their associated guild appeared in. So that means there was no breeding pool until Dissension came out. Right. It just didn't exist until the very end of the block. But with Return of Ravnica and Gate Crash, you know, you only got, you only had five for several months, but then you got the other five right then and you had them through the end of the block, through Dragon's Maze. Mm-hmm. To have and to play with and to build decks with. Weren't they in Dragon's Maze too? Yes, sometimes they appeared in the Lancelot in Dragon's Maze. Yeah. So Mike. And these boosters, it's actually possible <laughs> to get like seven foils <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, it was rare to find uh, a shockland in the landslide, but when you did, you did a little dance. I never got one out of I, all the drafting. And, I don't and think I did either. I got a box of Dragon's Maze and one pack had a Temple Garden in it. And I was like, yay, that was a horrible, crappy box of Dragon's Maze. I got freaking nothing. How much? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Damn. It's okay. So it seems like we all we, we pretty much agree that the new way of doing things was just better. Way yep. better. They learned a lot. Yeah. They, for, the, for, they, the, for the ten guild structure, that was a better way to handle it. Yeah. Now, we didn't have a problem with the way it was done originally because it was brand new and it was freaking awesome. Yeah. Well, later, I know several of us did express the fact that sometimes it, it was frustrating that there were like three completely different sets that weren't connected to each other. Mm-hmm. And when the guild True. you wanted was was out of print and you can only find packs of the other guilds, you're like, eh. The same thing happened to me that happens every time. Um, I get struck by lightning. No, uh, which every is by the time. Which is, uh, by the end of the block, I'm just ready for anything else, you know? So. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard for me to distinguish between just that feeling that I already get and the struct and the feeling that the that the structure gave me. <clears throat> I think it was the best that they could do at the time, and I think it was very innovative. And I honestly didn't like like um, Chewie said I didn't have a huge problem with it at the time, but looking back any time at all, I was like, yeah, yeah. So is there anything else between the two blocks that we need to talk about? I don't think so. Like everything else seems to be that that comes to my mind seems to be guild specific. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like there there was a cycle of guild aligned artifacts in original Ravnica that didn't really appear in Return. Right. And then yeah, the, Return had a lot of, had a lot less cycle related stuff in the which in was kind of which was kind of nice because it didn't feel as locked in with some of this. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, in the, the the original Ravnica had a formula. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it was so pre- 
predictable by the end. And I think they, Mark Rosewater even expressed some disappointment with that with, as soon as you saw the first set and then when you saw all the things that repeated in the second set, you could pretty much map out what dissension was going to look like. And there really weren't that many surprises. I'm pretty sure we, we sat around for a while wondering what the, the final four guild mages would be, would do. Uh-huh. Uh, while we were playing a couple nights. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we ever got close, because that was a long time ago, but still. But yeah, we it was very formulaic, and they're like, look, we're going to have this and this and this and this and this. And, this. and you know, and, and when they came out, sure enough, they had this and this and this and this. And sure, they all did cool things that were guild-specific, and so that helped, but you you knew what to look for, and the only surprise was what it did that was guild-specific. Yeah. Yeah, the only surprise was the text inside the box. Yeah. Which may sound funny, but yeah. <laughs> but they were much freer with uh, Return to Ravnica. Return to Ravnica. So, yeah. I think since this is the end of the old versus new, I you know I have nothing against the old sets. And I know for a lot of people, older stuff is just better. That's just how they think of it. But for me, they've just... We, we've grown, we've evolved, we've changed, we've grown up together, and... I think Return to Ravnica is just a better product overall. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to make up. broad statements like that. In the in the big picture overall sense, yes, I I agree with Brian. Even though I I voted for several of the individual cycles we talked about from the old block, uh-huh. in terms of uh, design and development and structure and just overall, hey, this is actually a good set. Yeah, the the newer sets are. Are clearly better. Cool. Yep. Because in the old sets, you know, of course, there's plenty of stuff to be wow about, but there is just so much more abject garbage <laughs> in older sets that you look at and you're like, uh, someone got paid to design this. <laughs> What's that terrible card from Kamigawa? Like Takino's Cavalry? Oh my god, that is so <laughs> awful. I can't believe you said it out loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But it's okay. Hang on, I gotta look it up now because there's some awful. people going, "What's that do?" I remember exactly <laughs> what it does. It for for one white and three, it's a one-one human samurai archer with Bushido one, and you can tap it to deal one damage to target attacking or blocking spirit. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So but Mike, there were lots of attacking or blocking spirits. Shut up. <laughs> oh boy, I'm glad I have this 1-1 one, one, four-mana samurai to deal with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Takeno's Cavalry has just always been the bad card in my mind. And I don't know why, because it's bad, but it's not like... I think it's because it's bad in every way. It's not even like so bad it's funny. It's just bad. It's, yeah. not, like, it, it's not like one with nothing, where it's like yeah. Bad on purpose. It's just and it's it's not like wood elemental. We're like put. <laughs> you look, you read it and you just feel bad. You're like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> and like they made a conscious decision. I think it was. When did they make a conscious dis- decision to stop making complete crap? Not soon enough. Uh, <laughs> I think it might have. I don't. I don't know. Like I think. They first started, it's, my brain wants to tell me it was sometime, like, around Ravnica, but there were still some really crappy cards in Ravnica. <laughs> so it might have been after that, when they were like, you know how there's just absolute crap filler, like, in drafts? We're gonna try to cut back on that, and, 
and the peasants rejoiced. You know? Yeah, but yeah, basically instead of they they wanted as much as they can to avoid crap and just replace those slots with stuff that would just be good and limited. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could remember specifically when they decided to do that and told us about it, but I don't know because <laughs> Takino's cavalry. Damn. I like the way you remembered Human Samurai Archer and the Manacos and everything. Is it so bad it's burned into your brain or something? Oh, yeah. You can't forget something like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remembered all of that except for the Human Samurai Archer and the cost. Like, I thought it was I thought it was worse. I thought it was five. So thank wow. God. <laughs> no, then, then, then it would be funny. <laughs> like, like Jimmy and funny? Uh-huh. Turn, uh-huh. We would turn into Mike Flores. We're like, he goes five? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone would kill me. But uh, is sorcery a creature type? Shut up. <laughs> I think he said it was instant a creature type. Whatever. Yeah. Either way, he's an idiot. So uh, enough of that. Uh, God, I, it was so hard not to just crack up out loud laughing <laughs> sitting right next to him when he said that. <laughs> I mean, of course he wasn't serious. I hope. Anyway. It was hard to tell. Enough of that. So, uh, again, this is going to be a short one because we're just coming back from the holidays. Dirk is about three quarters dead. Mm-hmm. And so let's do some final thoughts and wrap it up. So final thoughts, Mike. Final thoughts, Mike. Um, this is, uh, this is something I, I thought of actually when we were talking about the card frame. Um, I know there are a lot of people out there who feel very strongly about the changes to the card frame. Brian was unfortunate to read some of their comments on the internet. Um, but, and, and I'm sure there, there might even be a couple people listening to us out there who wondered why, who, who are wondering why we aren't more worked up about it. You know, we've been playing for so long and now they're making this pretty fundamental change like, well, the reason we're cool with it is because we've been playing so long and we've seen how much the game has changed in other ways and we've gotten used to it. I mean, I know there was a time when there was a time definitely when each of us would have been upset in, in some form or fashion by this, but, uh, that was, that was many years ago and all of us have the benefit of just being here long enough to see everything pass through and, and get used to the idea that, uh, the game is always in a constant state of change and improvement. It is in a constant state of improvement. Contrary to what the internet thinks, they don't actively try to destroy magic every three months. Yeah. They just don't because it's a big cash cow, and if you kill the cash cow, all you have is some steak and some burger and some hoofs, and then you don't have cash no more. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So everything that they do, they honestly think it's a good idea. It might not be. But they honestly think it is, or else they wouldn't freaking do it. <laughs> yeah, like way back in the day, like between, I don't know, 93 and 97 and something, they would do things and they wouldn't, because they didn't know, because the game was still new, they wouldn't be able, they wouldn't put or would not be able to put enough thought and research into some changes and things would just get like screwed up and awful. And people would get mad and they'd be like, oops. But. And they would issue a rata. <laughs> yeah. But nowadays, they put a lot of thought and research and number crunching even in, into some uh, of these things they do. And they listen to people, you know, like last year, the year before, when they did that big um, – when they rolled out those big series of changes to organized play and 
and they were terrible. And, and and the internet crapped itself, and they're like, oh, whoops. And it didn't take they turned they turned that around quick. It didn't take them long at all to to come around and and implement a bunch of uh, suggestions and switch things around. They were able to turn on that really fast. But yeah, um, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, weren't there like three or four waves of? Oh no, that was that was was that floor rules? There were three or four waves of something. And we'd always that, turn that and look the, at on Monday Night Magic. That was floor rules. Yeah, that we would, yeah that, that was just... We would turn and look at clues and be like, well... And he'd be like, okay, so you know how I said this before? <laughs> and yeah, that's that another some, example. Yeah, that was that was a situation where the unforeseen problem just did not come up until it happened in real life. And someone was like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, Miss Trigger's and all that. I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But and that's another example that wasn't working, and they said crap, and then they fixed it, and then that didn't work, and they said damn it, and then they fixed it again, and I think that time it worked, or they might have had to do it a fourth time. I think they only had to fix it twice. Okay, good. <laughs> so yeah, so is that good for you? What'd you get for Christmas, Mike? Anything good? Um, got a lot of CDs. Yeah, yeah, I did. Word. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't tell stories about gifts very well. Okay, fair enough. So, Dirk. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my only thing is to, to go with Mike on and just say that I really doubt that the new card borders and all this stuff is going to break the game. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry to, to, to tell the people who think, oh no, magic is gonna die because of this, that I seriously doubt that. And if that is what concerns you, I think you have other things to be worried about. <laughs> yeah, I like think you might be playing the pending the zombie apocalypse that is sure to come at some point. <laughs> but you know, I, I think it's an improvement. I agree. Whenever I'm, I'm, I got into a whim at some point to start organizing my cards and I bought the, the three row card box ones that, that like, again, the whole three rows of cards. Mm-hmm. So the big ones. And I start organizing my cards and it is a pain to have to squint and see if you can figure out what that number is. And this actually makes it better because I can see what the numbers are and I don't have to think I am 30-something years old. I don't even care. I don't even know how old I am at this point. <laughs> Once you hit 30, you're like, I'm 30-something. I don't know. Numbers are hard. But I'm 30-something, and I hate thinking that I have the eyes of, like, a 50-year-old. That I need glasses to read the stupid numbers. So this makes me feel better. <laughs> and there's more text, because, again, the, the black card they had, there is room at the bottom to put flavor text and it has tons of text on it to begin with that's a good point yeah in because of how they tightened up the the outer border they have more room to open up the art box and the text box so you know under normal circumstances waste not would not have any room for flavor text but dirk's right at the bottom of waste not they have the space to put as you know little italicized flavor text designed by the the community oh yeah we didn't even mention that yeah so that, I mean, there, and the thing is, is again, that there have been changes in magic. Uh, the, still the 
big one that I remember that I'm like, oh yeah, that was a pretty good one was, and I kind of zoned out for a minute, um, when you got, when we talked about, uh, right after Onslaught, Mirrodin block, the white and the artifacts, how oh, the card background color was really close, mm-hmm. so you couldn't tell if it was an artifact or a white card. Yeah, they had, they, they switched that. When did they fix it? Was it the next set or did it wait? Yeah, I think it was the next set they fixed it. They made it so that the, the, the white was more noticeable and artifacts were darker. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember if they fixed it in Darksteel or Fifth Dawn. I don't think they fixed it till Fifth Dawn. Yeah, where, where the artifacts were much more, uh, more silvery. Noticeably silver. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was the, again, that was a background change. That was, and that was significant because that was when they, yeah, that's when that was when they changed the backgrounds, wasn't it? Yeah, eighth edition, which was yeah. the, the course that right before Mirrodin. Yeah, eighth edition and Mirrodin used what's now known as the modern card card frame, and they even they they were even willing to go back and, and edit that to fix some problems, like we're saying, in, when Fifth Dawn came around. Yeah. So I mean, and last I checked, Magic didn't die. <laughs> yeah, I could be wrong. Actually, I regret to inform you. But... I regret to inform you that magic has been dead for some time. I'm really sorry you had <laughs> to someone... find out this way. <laughs> and someone has been plagiarizing or uh, fabricating cards since then and making tons of money, haven't they? No, no, no. We're actually all dead, and this is this is purgatory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not a Are bad we lost? Way to go, I guess. <laughs> we're we're in the matrix. Damn it! And this is the we best. We didn't we take the right pill. Was it the red one or the blue one we were supposed to take? I don't remember. All I remember is taking a bunch. Say, I took an ibuprofen. What the, what the hell? <laughs> I figured they'd all amount to purple in the end. I took one and I had to poop a lot. I think it was a laxative. <laughs> so I thought we weren't gonna talk a lot. Sorry, right? Oh uh, yeah. So Brian, nice. what you got? Uh, I had great something. job. Oh, um, I, I told, I told, um. I told, I think Chewy, that I, after I played through and beat all the Zelda games that I had on the virtual console, which was all of them ex- up through Ocarina of Time, except for Majora's Mask, because I'm not doing that ever, yeah. um, I then downloaded the original Final Fantasy, which I had only rented like once or twice and never gotten past the stupid pirate ship because I didn't know where to go, and um, I started... I was picking my characters and I started to name the first one Briah because he only can use four letters. And I was like, huh, I've got four of these. So I had a fighter or warrior, uh, whichever, depending on which translation you're using, named Briah. I had a red mage named Mike, a black belt named Dirk, and a black mage named Chu. <laughs> yes. And Mike was awesome at the beginning of the game and just kind of petered out after a while and didn't learn any really good spells. Yeah. And Chewie was doing really <laughs> well. It's kind of like that ADH game we played. <laughs> and Chewie became really valuable after a while but always seemed to get knocked out right around the time to fight the boss. And then yeah. Dark, once I finally figured out to take away his nunchucks, was the awesome. <laughs> so. Dirk, you're going to hurt yourself. Give me that. <laughs> Now go fight that guy. Okay. <laughs> Wait a second. He just hit me. Now you gotta die. Now you gotta die. <laughs> I uh 
I was I was playing through. I beat the uh, I beat the wind fortress on my first attempt, but I almost didn't make it. Everybody, I it is, makes such a huge difference when you pick up items that you can then use for magic effect, and they don't go away. But when I got the second healing helm, I'm like, uh, nothing can touch touch me because yep. the best the hardest thing in that game is keeping everybody healthy. So I'm going through the the flying fortress. I'm doing really well, and I get on that stupid bridge, and I run into two Warmex, and um, I had to fight Tiamat with just two people, and I still killed it. But whoa, 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 whoa! What? Ran into two Warmex? Yeah, I ran into some enemy. I killed it. I then ran into a Warmex, and I'm like, okay, I know what this thing does. I'm gonna run away, and it managed to use nuke and killed somebody. And I healed up, I, I ran away, I healed all the way up, I'm going down the bridge, I run into something else, I kill it, and then and I run into another war mech. I'm like, aha! Do you know how incredibly rare that is? It was like I was fighting an enemy every other step, so I don't Look, know how rare. No, no, war mech is the secret boss. Okay, well it kicked my ass. That's what he does! You have a 1 in 64 chance. Oh, uh, with, I think it's 1 in 64, it might be 128. With every step on uh, Tiamat's bridge to meet at Warmech. Uh, on one playthrough years ago, when my levels were stupidly high, accidentally, I just walked back and forth for like a freaking hour and never bumped into a Warmech. And you've bumped into two, just walking across the bridge like it ain't no thing. I didn't want to bump into any. I my hate levels you. were pretty. <laughs> my levels were pretty high. I think it says a lot that. Three quarters of my team took a nuke and were fine, but I was like, yeah, I can't do that again. So run away. Holy crap. So then I had to fight the boss with just two people. Everyone, Brian is a badass. A lucky badass. <laughs> a lucky badass that gets lucky so I run away from things. So, but yeah, it was fun. So now I'm playing through Final Fantasy 3. Actually, 3, not 6, on the DS. And it's a decent game, but really, the job system and everything, it really just makes me want to play 5, because 5 has the same job system, but better. Better, yeah. Yeah. So that's me. Oh, and I got lots of good stuff for Christmas. My mom pre-ordered me a box of uh, Born of the Gods, and I got some boosters, and I got a Blu-ray player, and a food saver thing, which we wanted, and uh, a printer. Carrie got me an iPad Mini. And lots of other really good stuff that I'm gonna sound really spoiled if I list everything I got for Christmas. So, <laughs> yay stuff! I'm a material girl, and it's a material world. He's not wrong, even though it's purgatory. Oh, the Matrix, uh, same thing. <laughs> Both of those are material. <laughs> oh, so I uh, ooh for Christmas I got I got a stocking tiger from Wizards. Oh. I want a stocking tiger. And he's so cute with his little button eyes, and he's oh he's cute. And so that was awesome. So thank you to Wizards and 360 Public Relations, uh, whoever was responsible for me getting it. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm sure it's because of the MTG cast thing, but still. <laughs> and I got, uh, I got Wookie Feets! Oh my god, I got Wookie Feets! Your mom, right? What? Your, your mom gave your him Your mom? Oh, dead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my mom actually ordered something off of Amazon Prime and had it shipped to the house. I was so proud of her because when I uh, unwrapped it, it was in a box marked with Amazon Prime tape. And I was like, really? <laughs> so opened it up and it was Wookie Feets! They're, they're bedroom slippers with little Chewbacca head on, on them. 
And and they have little eyes and a little nose. They're so cute. Oh, and I got a I got a like new, virtually unused Cadillac iPad. <laughs> yeah, a, a while back my old man bought a new Cadillac, and part of the promotion was buy a Cadillac, get an iPad. And he was like, cool. So I opened it up and showed him. I set it up on the parents' Wi-Fi at, at their house, and I was like, there you go. And that was actually the last time it was ever turned on. So. <laughs> Yeah, he wrapped it up and gave it to me for Christmas. I was like, woohoo! So I use it to watch uh, YouTube videos when the TV's in use for other things and uh, to play Injustice. Remember a long time ago, I was like, I got this game on my phone called Injustice. Mm-hmm. It's a mobile version of the, the fighting game, you know? It is so much cooler on an iPad. Cool. Because it's bigger. <laughs> Does your iPad have, like, the Cadillac emblem on it somewhere? Uh, Not the iPad itself, but the, oh. the, the cover... The, you know, oh, okay. the magnets to it says Cadillac, and the background was Cadillac, and there are all kinds of Cadillac apps, and so I deleted all that crap. <laughs> and, and, and I tried to, and there was like, hey, this Adobe reader needs an update. I was like, okay, update it. And it goes, give me your password. And it didn't pop up my Apple ID, it popped up like Cadillac apps. I have Apple ID, and I'm like, I don't, I don't have a pad. Delete, just delete it, screw it, I don't care. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's what I got. Stocking Tiger Wookie feats and an iPad were the the big things. Mom also got me like sixteen pair of underwear because last year she didn't buy me underwear. I'm like, where's my underwear? Because you know, mom gets you socks and underwear for Christmas. You know, that's just what moms do. And I didn't get underwear. And I'm like, what the hell, mom? So she doubled up this year. <laughs> there you go. I'm like, what is this? What is this? Oh my god, I'm still pulling them out. She's like. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell Carrie that she's not allowed to get me ties for Father's Day because it's just like the thing and I've got plenty of ties so I told her when I was getting the Christmas list together because I get my list together and she gets hers and then she actually emails the families so that I don't actually know what I'm getting from who so that's pretty cool I told her I was asking for a specific size of pants I was asking for nice shirts for work and ties she sent it to both families, so I got six new ties and lots of shirts. And I'm like, ties, ties, ties. Now I'm good on ties. I appreciate everyone giving me ties. So I'm good Mother, now. So for Mother's Day. So for Mother's Day, I'm going to get you a tie. You should, because, you know. <laughs> and I'll get I'll, I'll get carry some work boots. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. Word. So we done? Yes. All yes. right. So uh, this has been episode... <laughs> Uh, what are we up to now? 30-something? 307? I don't know. And I can't remember if you said it at the beginning either. I don't think I did because no. I didn't know. Hang on. I'm loading the site. This is episode 307. Yeah. Okay. The first episode for 2014, and hopefully we will maintain a higher than this level of quality throughout <laughs> the rest of the year. Maybe some sanity over the year. Probably not. Uh, yeah, good luck with yeah, that. Yeah, I just jinxed this, didn't I? A little bit. But all of our contact information is in the uh, show notes, as always, but I'll run through it real quick. You can send us an email, dorks at com. We read every email. Sometimes we are bad about replying, but we I assure you we read them all. Sometimes. Shut up. <laughs> uh, you can follow us, mostly me, on Twitter, at themanapool. Uh, we're on Google+, Plus, but sort of ignore that. Uh, oh, there's the forums, cardshark.freeforums.org, where basically we're squatting. And we, we're, it's pretty much just us now. 
because nobody ever talks about the articles, but except for Mike. But yeah, that's our forums. It's full of good people. Uh, we we have a very low troll count, and that's over the course of the entire history of the show. And they've all given up and left or been blocked. That one jer- uh, jack off. So <laughs> screw that guy. Screw that guy. I never liked that guy. <laughs> but uh so yeah that's that's that Forbes email Twitter Facebook yeah we have a Facebook page too which I try to use more to, to make announcements and whatnot like hey you know hey the dorks are getting together how cool is that or something like that you know uh-huh. I, I keep trying to figure out a way to use it that's better than uh, like the website or Twitter and I haven't yet so if anybody has any ideas let me know this means you three also oh yeah so with uh-huh. that uh, and as always, our intro and outro music is Diamond by Swift. And so listen and enjoy. Thank you all very much for listening. And uh, go play some magic. Stop thinking and remember. Listen. Your heart beats. Count the seconds between each intake of breath. These previously suppressed memories indicate that your handler has deemed them necessary for the completion of the next phase of your assignment. Be advised that the originator of these thoughts is authorized to revoke them at any time at his or her sole discretion, without giving any prior notice to you. Stop thinking and remember. Okay, guys, I think I think we're good. All right, don't no, us. Yeah, I think we're clear. Right? Hey, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Is that guy looking over here? That's a uh, statue. Is that statue looking over here? I think so, but I think he was made that way. Oh. Okay, good, good, good. So we need we need to talk about the Demir. Shut up. Who's talking? Oh, that was me. Shut up. Oh, it's still me. Yeah, I just did a Madagascar reference. Shut up. Yeah, okay. We can stop whispering now, can't we? Yeah. We're we're out of the public eye. Okay, so we need to do we need to talk Demir. They didn't want us to do it. Nobody wanted us to do it. Okay, the couple people wanted us to do it, but those people are dead now. So but we're gonna do it anyway because we're not going to be kept no. down, right? No one has right. to know. No one has to know. Except for those of you in the know, consider these your further instructions. Yes. Get out, everyone get out your manipul decoder rings. We're going to make this happen. Oh yeah. So, uh, the Demir non-guild. <clears throat> uh, blue black one. The house Demir. The house Demir. Let's just get into it. Uh, mechanic? Well, the old mechanic, yeah. What? The old mechanic is transmute. There we go. So, transmute costs either one blue blue for mono blue spells, one black black for mono black spells, or one a blue and a black for blue and black spells. Do we not spend any time talking about the character of each of the guilds at the outset? Do we? Or just what they were about? It it depends. Sometimes we did, sometimes we didn't. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Oh, let's do that first. Yeah, so um, at the time of the original Ravnica block, the the Demir Guild was just a a, a, a not very well remembered legend. You know, they had they had been able to to sweep themselves into complete secrecy and obscurity over the centuries. 
Um, they they employ uh, spies, plenty of spies. They sell the secrets. They, um, you know, where where the Orzov run a lot of the, the organized crime, the Namir definitely run the the deepest parts of the underworld. You, you know, you might not even be aware you're working for the Demir, or and, your and awareness actually, might only extend to the one or two other people from the guild you've ever seen before. And that's the whole point, is that you probably don't know you're working for the Demir. Yeah. Yeah, and if you know, like I said, you probably only know one or two other people, and that's it. That's the extent of your knowledge of the network. Yeah. Which is why we're here in this filthy, dank alley to talk about it. <laughs> so eventually it became... Um, public knowledge that the guild was alive and well again and that's where we get into i guess you could say the modern day with return to ravnica and you know but they kept the same role and stuff continued to happen but people knew that the house wasn't just a legend anymore and didn't die out it still existed yeah okay, so, sorry. Transmute. i appreciate that that's much better uh, than the way we were going to do it so transmute like i said it always costs three and two colors either blue or black or one of each and it said, discard this card. So whatever card that had transmute on it, discard this card, search your library for a card with the same converted mana cost as this card, reveal it, put it in your hand, shuffle your library, play only as a sorcery. Which, does it still say play only as a sorcery? Well, yeah, that's the reminder text version. Yeah, transmute only as a sorcery is what the current reminder text says. Yeah, oh. that means you can only activate the transmute ability at a time. You know, during one of your main phases when the stack is empty. Right. So, essentially, transmute. The, the guild's like theme was milling, sort of. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that ended up being its most obvious theme because it it had a lot of decent milling cards. Since that was something that Blue and Black um, happened to share and, and liked to do, even though transmute was the mechanic. Yeah. So it, it's all it's, about the tutoring. It's tutoring. They're setting up their plans. They're, you know, this thing, which is kind of situational. For example, like Brain Spoil for three and two black. Destroy target uh, creature that isn't en- enchanted. It can't be regenerated. That's kind of situational. And there's sometimes where it's going to be great, and there's sometimes where you just want something else that costs five. So then you transmute it. So it's all about having the right cards at the right time. And there are, you know, transmute cards at, what, one mana, two mana, three mana, four mana, five mana, any at six? Yes, six mana with the, um, and I don't know if there's any at seven or higher. There's one at nine. Yeah, there's, oh, yeah, there's 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 one at nine. Grows off at nine. Yeah. But there aren't any on seven or eight or eight. Yeah. Eh, grows off. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to build your deck right to take advantage of it. I mean, if if um if Clutch of the Undercity is the only card in your deck that costs four, you're going to be like, uh, whoops! <laughs> if you actually try to transmute the yeah the card. The good news is that a, is that a lot of them are pretty decent on their own. Like you know, a kill spell and brain <clears throat> spoil. Clutch of the Undercity is a boomerang that also costs that saps three life out of the boomerang target's controller. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Um, muddle the mixture for two blue. It can counter target instant or sorcery spell. That was seeing play in Legacy. I don't know if it is now, but yeah. And there's plenty of good stuff on two that you can transmute it into if you don't need oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah. 
Perplex is also really good on three. Yeah. Counter-target spell unless its controller discards his or her hand. See, for me, that was always really underwhelming. I always thought it'd be really good, and then every time I play it, it seems to be a very obvious choice for them. Either like, oh, this is what I need to kill you, so I'm just going to discard my hand, or, oh, okay, I guess I'll just... It's never as good as I want it to be. So I, that's one of the ones I end up transmuting the most. Yeah, you can't play it like a normal counterspell. Yeah. Good point. You have to aim for stuff that doesn't matter as much, which, which is, is weird. Yeah, for a counterspell, that's really... Yeah. Okay, one on three that's really good, then, is Drift of Phantasms. Yes. Drift of Phantasms, for three minutes, a zero five wall with flying. You are not getting through this damn thing. Nope. Like, it was always a good day when someone transmuted a Drift of Phantasms. So I was like, Because <laughs> you could spend all day trying to get around it. You're not gonna. So, yeah. So, transmute, we good? Mm-hmm. That's good yeah. on transmute. Okay. Yeah. So, what's the new one? The new the, one. The there new, is a new one. one? <laughs> yeah. Demir is also interesting in Return Ravnica Block in this respect because, you know, it has its named mechanic, but then it has the milling. The strong milling sub-theme again. The grind... What do they call it? Grinding? Yeah, it's called grind, where you mill until you hit a land. And originally that was going to be the named mechanic, but it was too wildly powerful as a, as a high-density named mechanic, so they they relegated it to a sub-theme. Oh, okay. I did not know that, because I don't yeah. read magic articles. Yeah. But the named mechanic for the new Demir Guild is Cypher. And this only appears on sorceries. Yes. There aren't any instances with Cypher for gameplay reasons, because it'd be too trivial to, to get the most out of it. You'll see why. So, um, so the, the way Cypher spell works is it, it does its thing, and then as it's finishing resolving, you exile it, and uh, it says encode it on a creature you control. And then whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player, its controller can cast a copy of, of uh, the encoded card without paying the mana cost. So, for example, um, Hands of Binding costs a blue and one. It's a sorcery. Tap target creature and opponent controls. It won't untap during its controller's next untap step. And then it has Cypher. So you cast Hands of, hands of Binding. You encode it on one of your creatures. And then whenever that creature hits a player, you can cast another. You can cast a free copy of Hands of Binding again. As long as Cypher stays on that creature, you can continuously do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So put him on an unblockable guy and go to town. Yeah, exactly. And like, I know there are plenty of people who get a lot of mileage out of um, Paranoid Delusions, which is a mill spell with Cypher, or Last Thoughts, which is you can draw a card and it has Cypher. Last Thoughts oh, is yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. Last Thoughts beat the crap out of me. It's pre-release. <laughs> Dude, I was uh, I was able to splash for two in my uh, Orzov deck at GP Charlotte, and it was so awesome with my flying creatures and intimidate guys. I remember that word. Sweet. So yeah, they're it both was completely one of those, ir- irrelevant to milling, but they're both still extremely useful in their own right. Yeah. I remember when we were talking about this, you know, a little over a year ago now, and we're talking about what the Demir mechanic would be, and we saw what this was. We always felt like if they costed these things too aggressively, this is one of the mechanics that had the surest path to becoming broken because of the inherent 
value that you get out of casting a spell once and then getting free copies of it forever and ever. Mm-hmm. So, and, and including that turn. Yes. Because you can cast a last thoughts on your main phase, draw a card, encode it on your dude, hit with that dude, draw a card. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's, it's even more noticeable when you're talking about something like, um, Shadow Slice for yep. a black God. and four. For a black and four, target opponent loses three life, cipher onto someone, hit them for combat damage, they lose three more life. That's so whatever damage just, they just yeah. took. You just yeah. dealt them for five mana and an attack, a minimum of seven. Yeah. Buh. If not significantly more than that. Yeah. That might be half your life total. Yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. Like, for, for me, the way I play, I would prefer Cypher. Because I've never been one for, you know, searching out the key pieces the deck needs and tinkering around with the deck. That's, yeah. that's just not my style. I've had more experience with Transmute simply because I've been playing with it longer. And there's some decks where it really does help me find this key piece or that key piece of this deck. Corlash always jumps to mind. Bingo. Yep. Definitely got Corlash, four copies of Corlash and at least three, if not four copies of the, uh, Demir House Guard. You also had that guy with the transmute from the board. Uh, the transfigured guy. Transfigured. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And he's in Future Sight, so. If not Future Sight, definitely Time Spiral Block. But, yeah, he's he's from future side. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, but I say that I was I say that I've had a lot more experience with transmute, but transmute, I don't know. I feel like transmute is more open ended, not in the card that you play, but obviously in what you can get. But whereas um, cipher is is more straightforward. This is what you get, and you get lots of it, but. Darn, are they good? So, I don't, I, I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other. I guess I would go with Transmute because I have more experience with it and because I am such a Johnny player that it opens up a lot of possibilities. But I'm not like, you know, completely one way or the other. Uh, Transmute, I think, is better if you have built your deck with a lot of thought put into it so that you can like if you've got certain certain specific spells that you have at two and three and four you're going to probably have invested in transmute that targets those things if you have that in mind where you're trying to go and find something transmute's great but if you're looking which will probably be the majority of people if you're looking for something that's going to do something then cypher is better my vote goes to Cypher, because I always like the beatdown. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah. It's true. The rumors you've heard I mean, are correct. I, I enjoy, again, I, I I don't have any experience with either. But it, in my opinion, Cypher seems to be the better because you get the effect, and then you can stick it on a creature and get the effect multiple times, whereas Transmute really just goes and gets you a card. And that card could be great. I'm not saying it's not. <laughs> but Cypher is a repeatable ability that you can beat your opponent with like a chair. At least he didn't say... Beat them over the head 
with a chair. And not a dog. Yes, thank you. I'd like to not hear from PETA this week. (laughs) The guy from The Hunger Games? That's right. I haven't seen The Hunger Games, nor have I read it. Isn't it a ripoff of Battle Royale? (laughs) That's what I keep hearing. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Dirk is right that Transmute benefits most from, uh, from, uh, from a very well thought out, uh, deck in terms of how it was built and put together. You know, or you might just have a couple copies of Demir Machinations in your deck because sometimes it's useful and there's another card in your deck you really like that costs three. But, um, but yeah, to go, it's interesting because Transmute is something that can help your deck. You don't have to go heavy in it. You can have just like a few copies of one Transmute card in your deck and it'll make things interesting for you. But, um, like Dirk was talking about for play style, Cypher is something that appeals more to me because, um, you know, it might not be immediately obvious, but I, I really like uh, auras and stuff and bulking up creatures and running around with big impressive guys. And uh, that's pretty much what, what Cypher does. You know, it's not going to pump the creature, but it gives them extra abilities and, and the card that's encoded onto them, you know, can't be shot at by disenchants or naturalizers or whatever. So it's, it's really, it's really cool in that way and enjoyable in that way. And when you, and when your opponent isn't necessarily thinking about it in that way, then that puts them at a, at a disadvantage gameplay wise because you know what's really going on and they don't because they're not thinking about it in the same way that you are. Like it was, <laughs> and, and, and I think, I know, I, I think you guys know the, the look, the kind of look that I'm talking about. It was it was really funny in a way to see the look on my opponent's face of, oh, I just screwed up. The first time where he saw that I just chump blocked with one of my guys that would grind when he enters the battlefield. And then the next turn, I swung in with my creature who had the Midnight Recovery ciphered on him and got him right back, played him, did the grind. <laughs> and that look of, I screwed up, came over my opponent's face. <laughs> So yeah, I I like Cypher better just from a gameplay perspective. Even though Transmute is really, really strong. Well, I guess that makes it three to one, and that's fine. Right. I guess you're all wrong, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at least big enough to know it. Ah, <laughs> nice. That we're all wrong. <laughs> yep. So who leads this here guild? So nobody. <clears throat> who leads? Who, um, hmm. If there were to one be leading this thing that does not exist. Right. It would probably be some bizarre vampire that mills people. <laughs> what? Oh, we're about to lose Mike. Huh? No. You were roboting hard, Mike. Try it again. Oh. <laughs> this is interesting to listen to. Oh, the Demir have figured us out, man. Oh, God, they're jamming our signal. <laughs> huh. Okay, maybe it's me because now everybody sounds terrible. Do I sound bad? Oh no, Dirk doesn't. Chewing sound perfect. Oh, okay, that's weird. So Mike and Brian just sound awful. That was just me coughing. Do I sound roboty? Yes. A little bit. Oh, now Mike. Okay, sounds good. there we go. Okay. Do I go. still sound roboty? No. Go ahead, Mike, okay. or so whoever was about to say something. Uh, Jacques, Lord of Secrets, was an original radical block. And he cost seven, two black, two blue, and three for a five-five flying vampire. And this is interesting. 
if he would deal combat damage to a player, instead put that many plus one plus one counters on him, and then that player mills for that much. Wow, I think I'd forgotten that you get the counters first. Yeah. Good well, luck. no, you you get counters and mill for the damage. The counters don't affect the milling. Like on his first swing, he gets five counters. Oh, okay. And the person mills for five. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That happens all at once. Instead, put that many plus one plus one counters on him, and that player puts that many cards. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not then the player. Okay, we're good. So yeah, Sonic. Sonic got out of control fast. Sonic would eat your library in like three swings. You're yeah. mm-hmm. you're toast. And you could, if you were really fancy, you would eat someone's library and then use some sort of like fling effect to kill someone else just outright. Or you could exploit the um the way that combat damage used to work and go ahead and attack with him and put damage on the stack and then sacrifice him to some sort of effect or bounce him back to your hand. And then when the combat damage happens, there's no ability to trigger and you'd be getting this massive, like maybe five, maybe 10, maybe 20 points of damage that you really couldn't do anything about. Yeah, that's true. If, under the old rules, if the replace, if, the, if his replacement effect didn't exist at the time damage was dealt, then the damage just got dealt. But that's not how things work now, so I don't want to confuse anybody. Yeah. Things were just better back in the day with yeah. our old card no, they frames weren't. and, and the way the damage used to work. <laughs> no, they our, weren't. We, we took our mana burn and we liked it. <laughs> let, let me tell you, the, the first time I played and Corey did the whole da da this and uh, this and this and that but I like killed Corey. your creature, but damage is on the stack. <laughs> but your creature's dead. But damage is on the st- Oh. See, it's fist separated from its arm yeah. and is still flying at you. You killed the body. <laughs> My, uh, when they redid the rules, I had just learned, figured it out at that point when they redid the rules, so I was a little hesitant to, to do it, but oh yeah, the rules make so <laughs> much more sense now. <laughs> So, but that, but that's just a little bit of a throwback there. Yeah. So, who control? Well, if the Demir had a leader, because if they existed, and this gets tiresome. Who's the leader now? Yeah, and that was some completely other thing. It's bizarre. <sighs> this is a little weird. Yeah. Lazov, the Demir mastermindy guy. What's his actual name? Lazov. Demir mastermind. Yeah. Oh wow, cool. <laughs> For two blue and two black. He's a legendary shapeshifter. And you don't see that very often. Uh, mostly because things that shift their shape aren't legendary. But he's a 3-3 with hexproof, and that's important. Whenever a creature card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, including being milled from hand from the graveyard, wait, no, from the battlefield, sorry, from anywhere, you may have Lazav Demir Mastermind become a copy of that card, except its name is still Lazav Demir Mastermind. It's legendary in addition to its other types, and it gains hexproof and disability, which mattered a lot more. A lot of that text mattered a lot more before they changed the legendary rule, but it still matters. Mm-hmm. Still matters. So he's pretty cool. He's whatever actually, you want him to be, plus hexproof. Yeah, I was I was actually um, playing a commander game with some people not too long ago and one guy had a Lazav deck and he was he he had he had built around the hexproof instead of the change into someone so he was just piling a bunch of scary auras on Lazav and attacking I'm like oh god stop 
even if he just happened to turn into something else, great. But mostly just, hey, look, a hexproof guy. Yep. That's an interesting take on Lazo. I like it. Yeah, it was awesome. Cool. <laughs> I have had, he's one of the hardest guys to play around in Gate Crash Limited, and I have beaten it before, but it is really hard. Because you literally become afraid of like, oh god, what if they mill me? And that's an interesting <laughs> feeling to have. Usually you're not sit or, sitting around wondering if they're going to take two cards off the top of your library. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then oh, that, that one yeah. thing that you were counting on to show up and save you is not there, and it's that, and it's got hexproof. What were you going to say, Mike? At, at GP Charlotte, me and Bill and JT joined a commander pod, you know, with someone else that we didn't know. And Bill was playing Lazav, and Bill had had just played Lazav, and then on his next turn, he did something to mill me for one, like one card. And I flip over the top card, and it's the red Acroma. And I'm just sitting there looking at Bill. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> did you really just do this to me? <laughs> Well, yeah, you weren't going to draw it, so. <laughs> yeah, if you wanted it, you would have drawn it already. Jeez. Jeez. Get with it. <laughs> so what do, you, what do you guys think? I mean, uh, Sadek does one thing. He does, he does it real so well. well. Yeah, he's like a signet. He does one thing, but he does it real well. But he costs so much. And yeah. He plays very well into the sub. And he doesn't, and he doesn't have haste, so you're kind of like, all right, play, go, hope I get to swing with this guy. Yeah, I mean, Zyrex's abilities is really powerful, and he does play really well into the sub team, but his, the, the mana cost just is always, astronomical. always totally turned me off. I really like how neat he is, but I, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm a Johnny and not a Johnny, you know, that's somebody else. Uh, I'm gonna go with Lazav just because of the amount of possibilities you have here and the crazy shenanigans you can have and the way that it interacts with the opponent's decks. I will remember, I always remember how when I got started playing, I thought, uh, Zombify was really cool, but then there was that old card, Ashen Powder, and I'm like, wait a minute, I can turn into my opponent's guy and hit them with it? That's great, because I'm not limited by my deck, I'm limited by what my opponents are playing. So, in the theory of Ashen Powder over Zombify, I choose Lazav. Because <laughs> other people's stuff is better than mine. <laughs> I, I agree very much with Brian. Um, I know you like my stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zodic. Yeah, I can't, I'm trying to, like, Zodic. He, he is really, he's great, and he speeds up a game real fast. But again, he has to deal damage to the player, so if you chump in the way, Zodic is not doing you any good. If you've got bird tokens, you're set, you're good. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Lazav, Gets, he, he's instant re, uh, results. He's not, he's got three power and toughness, so he survive, he can survive a bit. And he's not expensive. I mean, four is, is not cheap, but it's also not, how much, seven? <laughs> yeah. He, it's not seven. Yeah. And he's hexproof, which means he's very difficult to get rid of. Yes, he is. Yeah. So my thing is, Zodek works with the theme. So if you're trying to mill someone out, like, he's great in multiplayer, because you can, like, mill that person over there over the course of the game, and then play Zodek, and suddenly you can finish milling that guy and kill that guy over there 
like with just with Zadek. Mm-hmm. Well, the Lazava also plays into the sub theme too, because uh, if you're milling them, but he doesn't add to the theme; he benefits from it. Yeah, Lazava, you could even just put in a deck, you exactly. know, because he's a three-three for four with hexproof. Now, if you're talking sixty card, you could throw a Zadek in a deck and use him to mill one person, you know, because mill one person. Or attack for a bunch and kill one person. It's about the same thing with him. Yeah, well, sixty card multiplayer. Then, then it's okay to split up. Right, right. That's what I meant. Like that. Yeah. But uh, did I not specify that? My bad. You said no, sixty really. card. You didn't say sixty card multiplayer. Oh, well, I just assumed that was assumed. I assumed <laughs> that it was assumed as well. Mike did not assume. <laughs> Mike pointed out that I assumed. Assume Mike. Mike makes me an ass. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> but uh. So, yeah, I mean, Zadig works as an addition to a mill theme, or if you're playing, again, the 60 Garmars player, he, you can just throw him in to mill one person out and just, you know, fine. And then you just got a giant Sodic. Uh, yeah, but Lazav does, as these guys keep saying, he does more interesting things. Now, if you're playing a whole table of people with creatureless decks, well, he's 3-3 hexproof, just punch him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> See, even when he doesn't work, he's a three-three hexproof for four in black and blue. That's good. So, are we all on Lazav then? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So that was easy. <laughs> all right, now who's the lieutenant, so to speak? So Lou, who is Lou? Oh, Circu. Circus. Oh God. Circu. I I thought this guy was great, but in six in sixty card. Multiplayer or otherwise, Mike, he's, he's pretty decent. Um, but then when you get into EDH, he's not so good. Every time I'm like, should I make an EDH deck with him? And I'm like, no. For two and a blue and a black, he's a two, three legendary human wizard. Whenever you cast a blue spell, remove, well, exile the top card of target library. There's a lot of things this card doesn't say anymore. <laughs> Whenever you play a, whenever you cast a black spell, exile a top card of target library. Um, so obviously, because there are separate abilities, if you cast a spell that's both blue and black, you get to remove or exile two different cards. <clears throat> Your opponents can't cast non-land cards with the same name as a card exiled with Circu Demir Lobotomist. So you're taking cards off their deck. And they can't play cards with that same name. So if you exile an O-Ring, nobody nobody can play, or your opponents can't play Oblivion Rings. And that's great in multiplayer, but in EDH, it's not so great. Oh, look, you removed my card. Now I can't play that card. All right. (laughs) I mean, you still get to mill one with every spell you cast. And it's not even dumping it in the graveyard. It's putting it in exile, which would be better sometimes. But still, yeah. Not not having not being able to to exploit his third ability hurts him. Yeah, but I have been under the boot of my brother's Kirku. I call him Kirku. I, I don't know. I have been under the boot of my brother's Kirku so many times that to me he's he's a very powerful card. Yeah. Now in one on one he's completely brutal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even even in EDH he's not brutal, but he's powerful because you keep playing spells and you're just free mill. Mm-hmm. And chances are, if you're playing him, you you might be playing other mill cards. I'm just saying. Yeah. Not necessarily, but you might be. But in especially in sixty card one on one, he's just killer. Because if they hit a linchpin card, they have to kill him in order to be able to play said linchpin card. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> or they need to find, like, if you hit their, you know, loan removal spell, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. He's like, no, it's cool. It's- I'm playing four murders in this deck. Flip it up, murder. Oh. Yeah. Pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so in one on one, he's completely just awful on you. He's hard on you. It hurts. You're under his boot. And you know what? He's doing the twist. <laughs> but in multiplayer, since you can only do one player at a time, like he's he's kind of a, a decent supplement. But all you're really gonna do is piss one person off. Yeah. Like if one person's under the boot and no one else is. Damn, that person's gonna be like, what the hell, man? Game of Assassin. <laughs> <laughs> Cha-ching. <laughs> Wonder who he's after. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah. So that's, that's him. Where, where's, uh, Marco, whatever his face? Marco Rubio? What? Mar- what? Yeah, in, um, the new Ravnica, Marco Vosk, Mind Drinker, is the Maze Runner. And for uh, three blue and a black, you get a two-four flying vampire. And whenever he, whenever he deals combat damage to a player, that player reveals cards from the top of his or her library until he or she reveals four land cards, and then dumps all that stuff into their graveyard. Mm. So basically, when he hits someone, you grind four, or do a mind funeral, if you like to think of it that way. Yeah, I had a mind funeral once. Anyway, um. So yeah, Mirko Vosk, he's like the new Sadek, because he's a flying vampire that when he hits you, he <laughs> does bad things to your library. Yeah. And four, four lands? Four lands is, even if you just, the top four cards are lands, damn, that's four lands you don't get. <laughs> damn. Yeah, well, I was thinking, I always liked Mind Funeral, and a Mind Funeral on legs seems pretty good. Plus he ties into the Demir theme of, you want to hit him, you want to hit him really bad. Over the head. Like with a chair. Hit him in the brain with a chair. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just... There's been so many games where you you hit the... the thing, You hit your cards and you you got all your lands at the bottom, so you're just like, ow, 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 and then you finally, after like ten cards, hit a land, and you're like, I have to get three more. I saw a mind funeral. What's that? Was that from? That was from Alar Reborn. Yeah. It was at a, I don't know if it was at a, a pre-release or a launch or a draft, but uh-huh. I saw a dude cast a mind funeral on an opponent. There's a guy sitting next to me, and like we stopped our game to turn and watch because he just kept counting and kept counting and kept counting, and he hit something like 19 before he hit the fourth land. We were like, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> He's like, did I just lose for freaking mind funeral? <laughs> we're like, I... I hope so. <laughs> Cause all you got left is land. So, and this guy can do that every freaking turn. So he costs yeah. five. For a two four. Let's assume for a minute that your opponent has six lands out. In a good deck, they've got a minimum of, uh, twelve lands left? No. Six, not twelve, uh, uh let's say sixteen. Like, talking about limited or sealed play? Uh, I mean, limited or constructed. Like constructed play. <laughs> limited like playing, or sealed. Playing, like, <laughs> like the four of us sitting around playing, I have, in most of my, my decks, I have, like, a well, all my decks have a minimum of 22 lands. Some of them have more, some of them need more, and I'm dumb. But uh, some of them have signets. Yes. But uh, 
if you let's say by the time you swing with him, your opponent has six lands out already. Yeah. So they have uh, hang on, do the math again. Fourteen lands left in their crap. Sixteen lands left in their deck. <laughs> uh huh. Which so, means ripping out four is a quarter of those, and if you assume the rest of the deck is about evenly distributed, then you can expect to get about a quarter of their deck. Exactly. Mike managed to make that sound so much better than I would have. So, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, granted, granted, that's the expectation. That means that's that's where the probability curve is, is hovering around in the middle. That's not what yeah. you're going to get. It's Magical Christmas. Actually, Magical Christmas land would be mill them out and leave them with nothing but lands. But, yeah. <laughs> but that doesn't happen to anybody but Bird. So... <laughs> Or like yeah. the opposite of Magical Christmas Land, like Bill would play a mind funeral on Greg and only mill like five cards. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It happened every time, I swear. <laughs> but then even so, that's four lands that you're you're not gonna get. Now if you've got plenty of lands and you're happy that happened until he swings again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't uh, I mean I'm pretty sure that Merkovosk is good in uh uh, single player, of course, in duels, but he's still playable in multiplayer. Yeah. Whereas Circu, Kirku, uh, Cirque du Soleil, I'm not real sure how much better, uh, if he's worth playing in multiplayer, especially not EDH. That's silly. Yeah. So I gotta go with Marco Vosk, mind drinker. He drinks the mind. It's mm-hmm. funny, going into this, I didn't think it would be the mind drinker because I just, he didn't really excite me a whole lot, but of these two, I definitely have to go with him. Um, I don't have a lot of comments to make on the comparison, but to me, Kirku is just a more interesting card. Oh, look at that. I can see that. I can definitely see that point. I've tried, like I said, I've tried to make him work before, and it's just been one of those things where I just haven't been able to do it. Hmm. Dirk? So my perspective is that Marku Voss is Sodic. With that, with flying, so that means he has evasion. Sodic he, he, has flying. Well, Sodic has flying. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Well, he still, you know, Marco Voss has flying also, so he still can deal damage to a player if they have no guard for it, and he still has the potential to to you know cause somebody to mill out. The other one, you know, Circu, yes. He can, it plays into the, the milling theme. He does have the advantage of, of limiting the number of cards you, you draw, but it's not, if I, I think that Marco Voss is a bit, a little bit stronger in my mind. Yeah. It's, they're both very good, but again, in different formats, Marco Voss still retains strength where Circu loses some. In the different formats, which we have been shifting more to EDH, where Circu loses some of his advantage. Now, 60 card multiplayer or 60 card duel, Circu's great. But again, that's not the format we play all the time. And that's not all of the formats, whereas Marku Voss is good in any of those formats, and he's cheaper than, than, uh, Sonic. Yeah. That's a big deal. Even though he's two cheaper, it's still five, not seven. Yeah, as as Mike has been known to say many times, the difference between two um, mana costs is just huge the higher up you go. So the difference between five and six is pretty big. The difference between six and seven is stupid. The difference between seven and eight is monumental. 
Yeah. <laughs> and once you get to things like the Eldrazi, you're just like, I've got to find some way to sneak these guys in. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not having <laughs> or something like that. It's cheating time. <laughs> so it sounds like, uh, Marco Vosk has taken Four. that. Yeah. You would and be correct. Again, Mike, uh, knows that we're all wrong and that's fine. <laughs> so now the Guild Mage. This is gonna be tough because I love the Demir Guild Mage. Like a awesome. lot. So for two blue black hybrids, he's a two two human wizard. For three and a blue, target player draws a card. Only do that as a sorcery. For three and a black, target player discards a card. Only do that as a sorcery. So simple, so straightforward, so awesome. <laughs> Like, do I need cards? Yes, I'll draw a card. Do I not want him to have cards? No. Get rid of a card. Bam. I mean, even if he's just blue, he's still awesome. He yeah, draws no, card to, to the casual reader, you might see him as like, four mana? I don't know, but trust me. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's awesome. I mean, there are, there are blue cards that will draw you cards for cheaper, but he can do it all the time. I mean, I find myself using the, the black ability more often. Than the blue ability. See? So there you go. So, okay, let's do the Dusk Mantle Guild Mage. Who wants to read that? I've got it right here. It, for a blue and a black, it's a 2-2 human wizard. Pay one, a blue and a black. Whenever a card is put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere this turn, that player loses one life. So the obvious example is, you know, when you mill them, hey, now you're actually hurting them, not just milling them. Second ability, pay two colors, a blue and a black. Target player puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. So not the most cost-effective milling, but it is repeatable, and the fact that you have both those abilities on the same card means you can activate that first ability, let it resolve, and then activate the second ability, if you've got seven mana, and just pop them for two while milling them for two. And if you're going to mill them out first, great. And if you're going to kill them first, great. Uh, he's very versatile, and I really like how he plays with um, not just milling and grinding and those sorts of effects, but you forget, but like if if you're about to enter combat and something's about to die, you can go ahead and activate that first ability, and then when they lose one of their creatures, as long as it's a creature card, they'll still lose a life. It's not just from their graveyard, plus, or, or I'm sorry, from their library, or if they discard a card, like when you activate the, uh, the other guild mage's discard ability... <laughs> Hey, guess what? You should play both of these. Play them um, both. Play them both. So, I so, like him. Let's say, for instance, uh, Brian is playing Dusk Mantle Guild Mage. That's me. And he's got like four creatures out, let's say. Let's say I'm playing some deck, and I have like either a lot of creatures, or I have some a few terrifying creatures out. And Mike looks around at the board and goes, holy crap, I'm going to die. Damnation. Not not he's cursing, but he casts damnation. Brian can go, oh yeah, and tap one a blue and a black, and suddenly all of his opponents are gonna lose one life for each of their creatures that dies. That's gonna kill Dirk because Dirk's got like fifteen uh, sap tokens. Yeah, sorry, Dirk. <laughs> so Dirk's dead. Uh, I take whatever because I'm the reason he cast the the damnation in the first place. I'm gonna lose this much. Dirk and- isn't gonna lose anything for his tokens though. Oh, it's his card, doesn't it? Yeah, it does that. So, card. so Dirk's not uh-huh. dead. But Dirk's Chewie's mad. I get to kill Mike another day. Dirk's mad, though. 
So now Mike's <laughs> going to die regardless. But, and, and Mike looks down and goes, well, it was worth it to take a few here as opposed to that. But that's, that's just one use, you know, wrath. Okay, respond by activating the first ability. And everyone looks at their creatures and goes, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. It's even funnier when two of your opponents get into a big, heavy combat phase and you're just like, eh. Because you can activate it more than once. That's something yes, that Brian didn't mention. <laughs> so let's say Brian goes Alpha Strike blah, and swings at Dirk, and Dirk goes Combat Trick. Look at all these blockers, and now we'll just trade with everything. And Mike goes Activated First Ability. Activated again. <laughs> now they're losing two life for each of their dudes that dies. And it's hilarious for me because I'm not in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, even in, even in standard right now, there's still a magical Christmas land where you play, um, chase, do, 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 chase memory adept and activate dusk mental guild mage twice during the same turn that you use chase's zero ability to get your opponent for 20 right there and there. That's true. Yeah. And that's just two cards. That's perfectly doable. Yeah. Wow, and I was just thinking how well this worked with Glimpse the Unthinkable. Jace is even better. Yeah. Oh, well, did I just it, it, it's, I mean, some, J- Jace it. loves him some Glimpse the Unthinkable, so it's a, it's a very common association. Yeah, that's true. Jace is like, yeah, I'll show you some Unthinkable. So, you know, I think this conversation has swayed me. Cause as much as I love the Demir Guild Mage, I'm, I might like the Dust Panel Guild Mage more. Because it's more versatile, more versatile, and is actually hurting your opponent. Mm-hmm. I think they both have their merits. I'm, I'm really, I am like as close to riding the fence on this as I can, as I can be. But I'll go with Dust Mantle just because he's, he's the kind of thing you really don't mind drawing into with, the, with the um, Demir Guild Mage. He, Whereas with the Demir Guild Mage, you want to use him to draw cards or make them discard cards. This guy you just want to have and use his abilities to end the game. So I'm just going to go with him, because why not? I have to agree. Um, I would rather go with the Dusk Guild Mage. The Dusk Mantle, yeah. Well, I'm going to be the odd one out on this one, too. Contrarian. Yeah, the the ideas that I've had so far and the attempts that I've made so far to play with Dusk Mental Guild Maze just haven't felt like they were working. Um, but the Mirror Guild Mage is just a strong, strong card in and of himself. He's his own card that doesn't need any help to be good, to be the to be the best that he can be. Hmm. That's another situation where because it's weird, you wouldn't think that I would have this opinion so often, but because the Demir Guild Mage in this case because the Demir Guild Mage is more straightforward, um, I, I like it better. I mean, there's also the bias from enjoying playing with it for so many years. Hmm. Mike might have just swayed me back. <laughs> don't give in. Yeah, I don't think he will, because the ability of Dust Metal Guild is to just sit there and plink away just whenever. You know, it, it, you don't have to be dedicated to it. It's just a little bit of help here and there. Seems, I don't know. Not that it matters, because the new has definitely won in uh, in this whole thing. So yeah, I'll just I'll just stick with the original vote then, with with a strong objection to my own vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that does it for the mechanic and yeah. the guild leader and the general. So other assorted other assorted other. Well, you can't talk about the Demir from Ravnica without talking about an, 
somebody mentioned this earlier, Glimpse the Unthinkable. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because it was so iconic for a blue and a black, mill somebody for 10, period. I remember when Chewie and I were going to do our, um, the two-headed giant tournament at the Ravnica pre-release, and there was always like, which team is going to get the glimpse? Because <laughs> that was, it was just what you wanted to have. It remains, even though it's a really good card, there actually have been several other contenders. I mean, there's that one, the common one for one and a blue, mill somebody for seven. Um, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, you have some other really good cards that do this or do it repeatably, but this still remains a sought after card because of what it is and how iconic it is. So. Yeah, it is pretty good. So glimpse. Like, all of the mill spells are perfectly decent. Even the bad ones are perfectly decent in my mind because Brian and I, we played a lot of two headed giant around this time mm. and we were killer. <laughs> well, Brian and I are really good as a team for Two Headed Giant anyway, and I really wish we could do more of it. We balance each other out pretty well. Yeah, but even in, so when we did Ravnica, uh, Two Headed Giant, we would always pick one person to play the milling cards, and then the other player would be whatever, you know, but there was always that. And there was one time when we didn't actually have a mill deck, mm-hmm. but we put a singleton Vidalcan Enforcer. Oh, he's not even a Demir card. Really? That's weird. I thought for sure he was a Demir card. Nah, he's just a blue card. Hmm. Oh, well, I'm going to talk about him anyway because he's a mill card. We put a Singleton Vidalkin Enforcer, who's a 1-4 for 4, pay a blue and tap, mill 2. He's a, he's a millstone on legs. And it drew a terrifying removal spell. Yeah. Because it is killer in 2 a Giant. You can sit behind a Vidalkin Enforcer and win. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember another sealed pool, or, or two in a giant pool, where we had two of them. We won a lot, because it's what you do. <laughs> but, uh, so, like, I have a fondness in my heart for all of these milk, even the stupid lurking informant. <laughs> <laughs> Who's not good? He's great no. <laughs> in that format. <laughs> <laughs> like, we didn't care. We were looking at the top card. No, nope, put it in a graveyard. <laughs> no, nope, put it in a graveyard. <laughs> It could be like the stupidest dumb that I ever dumbed. No, put it in a graveyard. We're milling you out. You're going to die. Hurry up. So, yeah. Yeah, one interesting way to think about mill cards is to think about the size of your opponent's deck at the time you would cast it and then compare it and then do like a life total comparison to the percentage of the deck it takes out. Like when you cast Glimpse the Unthinkable, your opponent's deck in a normal 60-card deck, if you're playing a mill deck, if you cast Glimpse, your opponent has is probably going to have 50 or fewer cards left in his library. That means you're taking out 20% or more of your opponent's deck, which is the equivalent to 4 or more damage from a 2-mana spell if you're playing direct damage instead of mill. Okay. So that means Glimpse the Unthinkable is real good. Yeah. That's true. I'm looking at other, other. There's always there's there's shred memory. <laughs> <laughs> there's um greatness at any cost. He's not. Where is he? He's not what? a mirror card. Yeah, he's oh, he's black. not. He's just. He's, awesome. just a, he's not blue black. Nope. Hmm. Uh, well, we'll get to his legacy in a moment. I'm yeah. looking at the Mori Morai or, or whatever, yeah. which I I had two of these in my pre-release pool for 
original Ravnica, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to Mir, and it's so awesome. For two, a blue and a black, a 4-4 flying vampire, at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life, because it's a 4-4 flyer for four. Backed up by enough kill spells, I was just dominating. I just like that guy. Hey, look, it's a guy with a drawback. What? I didn't know they still did those. (laughs) They really don't. They don't anymore. Yeah. There were lots of weird stuff. Like Demir Doppelganger, I know Brian used it. I think I think it was Brian, wasn't it you? It's, I, it's still in one. I mean, I use it a lot. It's yeah. in, right now it's in my um, Damia EDH. Okay, deck I thought I seen it Because there was a game. There was literally a game where I had successfully milled myself out, and I was coming around to my turn, and in response, someone at the end of somebody else's turn, right before my turn, killed my. Um, Laboratory Maniac, and I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and activate this Demir Doppelganger. I've been sitting here for like three or four turns, and somebody else is like, I knew I should have killed that thing, <laughs> and I still didn't win, but then I shuffled my li- my graveyard back into my library, so I didn't lose either, so I like this card. I always want to do something with Mind Leech Mass, and I just can't, I just can't do it. And there seems know. to work. It, I, yeah, it seems so great, but I just can't make it work. Yeah, because by the time by the time you can actually get it out there, there's not a whole lot left in your opponent's hand for you to use. You're like, eh. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Uh, and I remember how iconic Consult the Necrosages was in Limited because it was just so good. Um, other than that, and then, oh, I have, I have a fondness at my heart for Demir Cut Purse just because... I have a foil of it, and it's so pretty. And I always wanted it to be really good because, I mean, look at that. It's like, what, a fungal shambler, but castable? Um, <laughs> but I just could never quite. It really needs evasion or something. So Yeah, I'm surprised but Brian. It's really, oh, go ahead. But it's really pretty in foil. I'm surprised Brian didn't bring up Netherborn Phalanx. Why are you surprised? Didn't Wasn't it you that... Had a deck where that was a win condition somehow. Yeah, the Saprolink deck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would use that. I would blink it out using a Voyager staff, and then like biorhythm, and then let the let it come back in. Yeah, oh Bill god, had a deck too. It was incredibly, <laughs> incredibly convoluted. But yes, I did have that deck. What are we saying, Mike? I'm saying Bill had another one Phalanx deck too. Um, and he could transmute it to go find the enchant, he, to go find Infernal Genesis. The enchantment that would, uh, age players upkeep, they get milled for one and they get, um, I don't know, minion tokens equal to converted mana cost or whatever they milled. Yeah. Uh. So not only would, could Netherborn, would Netherborn Phalanx kill, but it could also transmute for, uh, Infernal Genesis. That's pretty funny. Ooh, I got one more. Uh, Shadow of Doubt. Which, yeah. for two blue-black hybrids, is a rare instant. Players can't search libraries this turn, draw a card. I'm pretty sure this still sees some legacy play. Yep. I Here pop my land. In response, I Shadow of Doubt. Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty awesome. That's all I, I got. Yeah. I'll mention one thing that's kind of dumb. Um, I never bought, like... At, at the time, I was I was never buying a whole lot of cards, but somehow I kept getting more and more copies of Twisted Justice, and I think I have like seven copies of Twisted Justice and one foil Twisted Justice. Wow. Yeah. Twisted Justice is 
not so good. No. You read it and you're like, wow, and then you think about it for more than ten seconds. You're like, hmm. Yeah, for six mana, a target player sacks a creature. You draw cards equal to that creature's power. Eh. <laughs> Almost sacked this. Zero four. Uh, damn it. You're not going to cast it if they have a zero four. But still. Yeah. If they have one creature left, and it's their one big creature, then sure. <laughs> it might be better in the current meta with the, the battle cruiser magic, but probably not. <laughs> Maybe if it costs two less. Ha! <laughs> Dude, if it costs two less, I'd play it. I'd play it right now. Yeah. Yeah, for four mana, that's awesome. Oh, and then, um, Grozoth is a Leviathan in my quest for Ula's Temple deck, and he can put more Inkwell Leviathans into my hand, so he's cool. Go to hell. Uh, do you guys remember the guy we met at DJ's who had a Grozoth deck? I don't remember how it worked, but he had this like incredibly convoluted kill with Grozoth, and it was hilarious. But I was so convoluted and bizarre that I now don't remember how it worked. That um, no, I don't remember that. It was so funny, and it bothers me. If you know of a way to kill people with Grozoth. Then send us an email. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. And no, removing uh, defender and attacking does not count. <laughs> That's not crazy enough. Yeah. But okay. So new Ravnica. Dirk, you got anything? Nope. Or old Ravnica now? Okay. You guys covered everything on for me. Word. So new Ravnica. I don't even new know. New Ravnica that we haven't already talked about. Well, I feel compelled to talk about the Dusk Mantle Seer because I mentioned the um um uh, Dark um, Confidant. Dark Confidant. I was like Shadow Minnow. So this is the Dark Confidant for everybody. You get one whether you want it or not. For two, a blue and a black. Four four vampire wizard with flying. Hey, it's a four four vampire. For four with flying that has a draw weight. What? Sort of, sort of a drawback? They don't do drawbacks anymore. <laughs> At the beginning of your upkeep, I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> oh no! At the beginning of your upkeep, upkeep he's ev- gonna sneeze. Everybody dark confidants. That's actually gonna be a keyword in the next set. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, each player reveals the top card of his or her library, loses life equal to that card's convert mana cost, and puts it into his or her hand. Dangerous to give people cards, but in theory, you're the one that's planning around it, so don't mess it up. Yeah. And he's fun. I know Consuming Aberration has been very popular. Oh, yeah? His, uh, his power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your opponent's graveyards. And whenever you cast a spell, each opponent grinds for one. I just want a, um, what's it called, a meme? Is that where you have, like, a digital recording? I want a mime. A meme? I just want a recording of Mike saying, when you cast a spell... Every opponent grinds. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. And we apparently skipped bumping and went straight to grinding. Yeah. If you want to bump uh, every Monday on MTG Cast, there's bump in the night. That's that's music. You can go bump to that. You can grind while you're bumping to that. Oh, yeah. That revelation makes me think of the Demir's grind mechanic in an entirely different way. <laughs> grind four. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Notice thinking... how Murkovosk is wearing really tight pants. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation horrifies yeah. me. Yeah. We are all terrible people, mostly me. My mind has now been 
whatever Marco Voss does. <laughs> Ground. <laughs> to a pulp. I don't think there's pulp left. Oh, okay. Back to the cards. Back to the cards. Um, so I keep looking at cipher cards and going, cool. No, let's not talk about that. Like, Call of the Nightwing I like because you can Call of the Nightwing to get a horror, cipher Call of the Nightwing onto that horror, and it just keeps spitting out copies of itself. Yeah. Every time it punches somebody. That is really cool. And similarly, with Stolen Identity. I don't know that one. Which one is that? Stolen Identity makes a copy of a creature or an artifact. Oh, yeah. That one's much cooler, though, so I didn't think about it. I like Stolen Identity a lot, except when it's happening to me. Identity theft is not a joke. That happened to me once uh, when we started, either right before or right as we started the show, because I was working uh, at Crest at the time. Like, all my money disappeared out of my PayPal account. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, there were some, there were some, there's like a, a Chinese catalog or something that all my money went to. I was like, um. I don't think I heard this story before. Uh, I got it back. <laughs> I got wow, it back. So it is. meaning to that phrase too. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, moving on. Like there's a bunch of cipher spells. What the hell? Well, the, something that's not a cipher but uh, is really great is Night Vale Spectre. I don't know if we mentioned that one yet, but... Night Vale Spectre, so we had not mentioned, and I thought it was pretty good. And then this and little then thing happened. called Devotion happened, and it became fabulous. Yeah, he's a four-of in the blue and the black Devotion deck. Yeah. Yeah. Because and the de- and, and the S he, he sees some play in the Esper decks too. Basically, any any deck that can actually cast him casts him, and that's usually a sign of a good card. I think they've moved away from that. Most of the Esper decks I see now are like Planeswalkers and Desecration Demons. Ah. Occasionally, there are Nightvale Specters in them, though. I personally, this has nothing to do with Ravnica, but I personally am actually glad to see Desecration Demon getting some of the respect he deserves. I know, right? Yeah, for a long time, he was just like, for a long time, he was just like dollar bin or less. So, he didn't get any respect. Yeah, while I was spell slinging in Charleston, I had a, I think it was a black green deck that had four copies of a Desecration Demon in it, and it was really good. Yeah, I had him in the sideboard of my black red deck for all the time that I was playing it. It was really useful. Good. Yeah, but anyway, back to the cards. Back to the cards. Back to the cards. Yes. <laughs> Getting Denro- late. Denrova Horror, you know, the callback to um, what is that from Invasion Block? Um, oh, crap. That card. Gosh, now that you've asked me, I can't come up with it. But I was counting on Mike. <sighs> so was I. I love this card. It's, I it's see a bounce it. of permanent, and then they discard. Yeah. yeah. And it's blue black. Yeah. yeah. I see it. Un- un- unravel. Un. Something. No. Um, Holy crap, we are terrible. Um, uh, but it's that card, and it's awesome. I always like that card, so I'll look it up later. Recoil. Recoil. Thank you. I just typed return target hand discard. Wow, I got two pages of stuff t- with those words in it. Jesus. Oh, there's I, recoil. Yeah. There, there's some <laughs> other kind of cool stuff here, but ultimately I don't... There's nothing else here that really strongly resonates with me. I still don't like Bane Alley Broker. Nope. Don't care but, about it whatsoever. But no, I mean otherwise I'm I'm pretty good here. I mean Notion Thief is cute. Yeah. He's not. Eh. 
I've told stories about some of the run-ins I've had with Notion Thief. Yeah. Oh, oh, Soul Ransom uh, is pretty awesome <clears throat> in its own way. It's a control magic that they can get back by discarding two cards. No, they don't get the creature back. Oh, no, we... Okay. Oh, no, wait. Soul's Ransom... Never mind. I'm, I'm reading this wrong. They're not. Soul Ransom's controller... Oh, sacrifice it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We sacrificed the soul. We had this discussion way back. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Right and unlike um, Voral of the Hulklade, we got this one right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's 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 a gimme that that they can get back if they uh, discard two cards and let you draw two and let you draw two, which I'm fine with that for four mana, <laughs> especially if I got to hit or block or something with your creature once. Huh? <laughs> Even better. And everything else is cipher spells. Good lord. So, yeah. Are we done, then? I think so. Okay. So, we're going to get out of here, and uh, we should all leave separately, one at a time, and be sure you go out different ways. Okay, everybody good? I think mm-hmm. that statue's looking at you again. Damn it. Okay, we got to go. All right. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. bye.